the Chair Shop Podcast coming to you on this beautiful bank holiday weekend. I mean, it's not really beautiful. It's actually raining as I'm saying this, but it's beautiful because it is a bank holiday weekend, right? So we hope you're listening to this on a Monday off. You are working. I mean, you know, sucks for you, but you know, you enjoy the show. Listen to the show instead of working. It was what I would do if I was you. Anyway, uh, I'm your host, Barry. Joined, as always, my ever-dependable co-host. First of all, is Mr. Hugh Towner. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode 606. And also on episode 606, Mr. Paul Griffith. Uh, error 606, website not found. Uh, that would never uh, happen to us. We've never had a technical issue ever, yeah. so um, people can go there. Chairshoppodcast.com, by the way. And send us an email. Get the plug in right at the top here, rather than wait until the end, uh, where, you know, people might shoot out. Um, I will say, um, speaking of error messages and sending emails, I was looking in the back end of the website today because cool. I've been, as Joe and Barry know, messing around with the uh, Zencaster.com, the tool we use for recording, recording. the podcast. A little, little plug for the boys over at Zencaster there. They do good. Um, also, because Podcastle, which is, is also good. Also, say that again. Pod, Podcastle.ai. If you need podcasting, AI, wow, recording, recording, editing, and publishing all in one tool. So. Yeah, so so Zencaster might be going away, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing. So we had been using this this platform for how long now? Two years, three years? It feels like a long time since we used Skype. Oh yeah, I mean it's. Oh God, what number is it? Uh, I think it's when I moved. To, we moved here late 2019. I feel like that's when we started using it. Okay, early right. 2020, something like that. So, yeah, coming coming up four years, I suppose. Yeah, a little little less. That's that's wow. I would have thought longer. Skype, goddamn, don't miss we that. We use Skype, yeah. And uh, this was obviously an easier way for us to do it. Also, we can see each other, which we weren't. I don't know. For years, we just never used video. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let me get to the point. So. We'd use this 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 platform for a few years, and then they've only recently introduced kind of caps on the amount of time that you can spend on. It. Obviously, our podcast is towards the longer end, let's say. Uh, although, by looking at some of the other wrestling podcasts out there, we're actually quite uh, short in comparison. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, we're actually not too bad. Yeah, um, I'll see some rundowns of other podcasts, and they're like, uh, we talk about um, uh, Cody Rhodes for uh, three hours. <laughs> yeah. And then we go on to the WrestleMania review. You're like, what? How do they, how do they talk for so long? Um, but we got a cap. So obviously, I signed up a few weeks ago for our uh, for a professional, uh, their professional plan on a free trial. Um, and obviously, that trial is now running out. So I've I've tried to go back to one of their 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 free tiers, and now they have a free tier, which is just like you get two hours. I don't know a week, a month, a year. I don't know what it is, but you know we we had run out of it anyway. And then there's like a creator tier, which is free. But you have to like apply for it. So I was applying for that because you know we 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 use it for creating a podcast, and and, da, 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 and we want don't want to pay money for it. So come on, help us out. And, um, and so we had to sum- I'd submit this like questionnaire and they're like, you know, what's your RSS link? I'm like, there you go. Um, you know, how many podcasts you do one podcast, whatever, what's the, you know, blah. and then it's like, what were your downloads for the last 30 days? Cause you know, there's also advertising and so on, built, yeah. you know, burned into, it. I was like 10,000 <laughs> just, just lie. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> loads, loads of listeners. One more there. than Joe Rogan. So. Yeah, 
Right. So maybe I'll go in now and download the lead, re-download. Like I'll just download a thousand episodes, yeah. <laughs> and that'll that'll make it make it so. Um, yeah, we might need to start looking into uh, into podcastle.com, Which let me just say oh, on the AI, record, the AI podcast, that AI, AI. Excuse me. Dot com, obviously, shit. AI, brilliant. Yeah. It's actually my favorite uh, podcast platform. Yeah. Yeah. It's podcastle.ai. So big ups to the boys over there. Um, we'll see, depending on how this um, this deal works currently, whether they'll tell me to uh, fuck off and pay for it or uh, or what the deal ends up being. But we'll, we'll see. Anyway, that's just uh, what I've been doing in the last hour when I remembered that the trial might be running out and... Uh, that we needed to record a podcast. So I was very last minute trying to, that's why there's no quiz, what I'm getting at, is I was trying to make sure that we could record the podcast, never mind yeah. do a uh, Dwayne Johnson busters or whatever. So yeah. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the podcast tech. We actually don't, we don't plug Zencaster enough. They have been, they have been good to us for, for, for a while. Well, I mean, it was very shaky early on, but it's gotten better. Um, but yeah, that's the, the, the podcasting tech. Um, will we will we uh, uh, jump in to the um, the news here because there's been quite a lot. It has been quite the week, uh, and even though it feels like it was a million years ago um, at this stage with everything that's happened since, I mean, should we make a brief mention of night two of WrestleMania? I did not watch a single bit of it. So, My goodness! What did you? How much of it did you watch, Paul? Uh, the entire thing live. Ah, uh, Jabroni Mark without a line. The entire work. <laughs> Very disrespectful. Um, uh, I mean, it, I will say this: that it's been such a newsworthy week that somehow we kind of moved past the Shane McMahon thing way faster than we probably should have. That deserved much more um, pointing and laughing, um, uh, but things just got too crazy afterwards. So that was the first thing I saw the morning. I was expecting to see to wake up and see. Gifts of Cody Rhodes being drenched in confetti. Um, and the first thing I saw was the Shane McMahon gif. And then the second thing I saw before I even knew what the result was, was the picture of Cody getting hit with the chicken. Um, so so that summed WrestleMania night two up for me. That's, that's basically all that happened. What did you make of night two, Paul? I'm interested to hear your review. And then I'd love to discuss the main event and the finish of the main event. But if you had any other okay. thoughts, be good to hear. Um, I will. Let me just bring up the card here. I'll say on on watching it, my immediate reaction was that I I enjoyed it more than night one. Oh, really? Um, it's the first time I've heard that. In the last well, that that may or may not be in part to a little match called Gunter versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre. Cannot confirm or deny. Right? Um, you might recall last week I was kind of down on on night one. I yeah. thought it was a little poor. I thought Night 2 was, was kind of, on the whole, uh, a better show. Um, and yeah, in, in part to that match, and also in part to how much time I spent laughing at uh, Shane McMahon's return, um, which I laughed at for about 10 straight minutes. Um, <laughs> so let me let me run through the card quickly. As the only person who's watched it, we don't need to spend too much Go time on it. Yeah. But uh, Brock Lesnar opened the show defeating Omos in a match that was better than it had any right to be, but was still kind of a, a, a throwaway, you know, four and a half minute Brock Lesnar match. Uh, he did give Omos a big old 
German suplex, and Omos takes a better German suplex than Bobby Lashley. Okay, yeah, uh, Bobo took some bad ones. I mean, they were there were some scary ones. Yeah. So was Bob um, just Bob was just on off the card since Bray is unaccounted for currently. No, he came out. Well, I don't remember if it was night one or night two. He came out with his Andre the Giant trophy that he'd won on SmackDown. And oh waved, God! And that was oh. it. I'd rather I'd rather be off the show to be honest. <laughs> exactly. Well, he he enters the hollowed you know, uh, echelons of time where he, along with such um, excellent wrestlers as Madcap Moss and mm. uh, I don't know, who else won that fucking belt? Uh, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy. Um, you know. Yeah. Um, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler somehow won a match that, that they weren't involved in. Uh, so actually on paper they were. It was a fatal four-way tag team women's showcase match. Uh, featuring, oh my god, such fucking great tag teams as uh, Chelsea Green and Sonia Deville, Natalia and Shotzi, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, but Ronda and Shayna like came out and then were never in the match until the very end of it. So presumably they were both like hurt because they only they they the only involvement they had was at the very end where they won. Yeah, the other six women were the whole match, oh, and it was a, not. That, good. that sounds like a delight. Yeah. No. And it's twice as long as the Brock Lesnar match. I would have swapped those. Yeah. Give me a 10-minute Omos match. I'd rather have that than this shite. Uh, and then we had, thank the Lord, how do you follow up the Ronda uh, and Shayna uh, win? You go straight to Gunter, Sheamus, and Drew. Nice. And uh, tell you what, I, I think this was, this was only the second ever triple threat match to get the big five from Uncle Dave. Oh really? Okay. After um, Unbreakable 2005, <sighs> I tell you what. As far as my favorite matches, you know, you guys know I love Adrian Styles, Samoa Joe. Mm, yeah, this this might be up there. This might wow. be up there. Wow. This this is my kind of match. This was this was almost like an all Japan match. It was just mm. you know unrelentlessly stiff. Just mm. slaps and chops and clubbing blows to the big, chest. Big stiff men blowing each other. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> big stiff blows. Blows left and right. You know, sometimes they, they try to break up a pin and like Gunter would just beat them both off with both hands. Yeah, yeah. Not, a, not a bother on him, you know. Um, <laughs> and to be fair, like the chops were great. Like they were just taking it, taking it right on the chest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's coming harder every time. But they're, just, they're, they're taking it. They're taking it. <laughs> it was extremely good, is what I'm getting it. Um, I mean, to the point that even if you had no interest, and I know neither of you guys watched a second, I, w- I would recommend to watch this match. Specifically. Oh, yeah, I've been meaning it to was, get to this. It was incredibly good. Um, then we had Bianca, Belair, and Asuka. Very good again. Um, kind of wanted Asuka to win. I know Asuka mm. um, was kind of sc- look, looking strong coming out of the Royal Rumble, which she also didn't win. But I was kind of thinking that she might get to win. I will give a, a shout out as well to Bianca's entrance, one of the best uh, entrances oh, yeah. in WrestleMania history. I, think, I did see that. Yeah. With the little girls coming out and doing the choreo- choreographed dances. That, that's the kind of thing that I love. A resume. I know I said, I said last week with Seth Rollins, I love where, where the entrances feel like people showing up at the Met Gala, just ridiculous outfits, big and and all that. And Cody had that a little bit as well. He had a big train on his usual 
uh, American flag trench coat deal he wears. But here I love just the performance of it. You know, it was like a full three minute dance number felt like, and it felt like, oh my God, this is a, this is a star I'm watching. This is this kind of thing that as, as much as we, we dislike them, that WWE to be fair, does quite well. Um, and then, and that match was really good. And then we come to uh, the Miz and Snoop Dogg in the ring. Miz, of course, who had an impromptu match the night before against Pat McAfee. Uh, Snoop Dogg says, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, motherfucker, <laughs> you're having another match. And your opponent is this man. And I'm thinking, okay, who's going to be the the, the the opponent here? Who could it be? I'm, go, I'm going through the gamut in my mind from best <laughs> to worst. I'm going, okay, yeah, on one hand, could be, you know, could be Jay White, could be, uh, mm. you know, down to, I don't know, Hulk Hogan, you know. <laughs> and, and then somehow... <laughs> the full gamut, Jay White to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Jay White, <yeah. laughs> and then Just somehow, imagine Snoop Dogg's in the ring. Shring! Bullet club. Oh, God. I mean, the point is, I had no idea who it was going to be. Because yeah, they, yeah. they had already done this gimmick the night before. And it was Pat McAfee. So you're thinking, okay, well, <laughs> presumably, if you do that on night one, night two would be the bigger. You know, you have to follow it up with a, a, a better version. A Cena match or something. The Rock. Or, you know, yeah. Something like that. Uh, so you can imagine my in- intense disappointment when <laughs> here comes the money plays. Oh, and out comes Shane McMahon. Um. I'm trying to think uh, how off, to say- off his latest banishment from the company. Yeah, you, absolutely. But I'm trying to think how to say in a way that won't result in legal difficulty for me. Um, oh, he was, he, he, uh, he was on the stage for about four seconds and he was red faced and puffing for air. Yeah. yeah. Wait, now hang on before you talk about what actually happened in Matt, you're not trying to imply that this guy's not in great shape. Are you? I, I, cause Joe, I, how, I, well, there'd be no okay, evidence. Well, no, I'll, I'll say very carefully. It is my opinion yeah. that he is in worse shape than I had I have ever seen him previously. And that's, that's all you're, your you're that's, that opinion. You're that's not a statement that I think and, and and whatever um substances Shane McMahon might imbibe, I'm not privy to. I just want you guys to be You don't know that. that. Yeah, we don't know that. I don't know, and I can't comment on that. No, you couldn't speculate. No. No. So Shane came down and he was after thirty seconds. Like what Brock Lesnar is three minutes into a match. <laughs> right. So Shane's broken the record for getting to that state ASAP. Uh, and so Shane Man's going to have a match with the Miz. And they do one move, which was a leapfrog, and Shane Man's torn his quad. <laughs> <laughs> and and just like his his dad's infamous incident, it was like it, it was just so like you can tell by his face he thought I can power through this. Like, ah, oh no, I can't. Oh fuck, I'm fucked. <laughs> oh no, Mr. Very Miz, man, I'm so. fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Miz, Mr. Miz, I'm fucked. What's watching? I'm smoking crack all day. <laughs> I feel like a pig, brother. <laughs> um, so Shane's done. Yeah, he's and, and and he's been he's been lying on the floor at this stage longer than his entrance stuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Miz yeah. had to keep running the road. But, but also, but also, he does he does a, a, a comedy um, Brock Lesnar, Kane Velasquez spinning top after he's torn his muscle. <laughs> he's spinning around in circles. Um, oh God, and so and so. 
Snoop Dogg comes into the ring and obviously word comes to him. Snoop, we, you know, WrestleMania is, we're, we're back in 1985. This is do or die. Yeah. WrestleMania is on the line. We need you. We need you, Snoop. Snoop Dogg says, don't fucking worry about it. I got you. Hits Shane McMahon with maybe the best working punch in wrestling history. Or hits the Miz, excuse me. With put the belt on this lad, as far as I'm concerned, his punches are that good. Made John Cena's entire career look like shit in five seconds. Okay, <laughs> Snoop, people's elbow time. The Rock couldn't make it. Don't worry, got you covered. Snoop hits perfect people. Well, not not perfect because he, one of my pet peeves. He rang the he ran the wrong way as as a lot of people mm. do when they perform people's elbows. So he ends up not kind of swinging the leg over their head, but going kind of down towards their feet and dropping. Oh, God. Not the opposite direction. That's just, that's just a little pet peeve. But otherwise, a very nice people's elbow, although he also runs the ropes like a NXT level up female wrestler. Okay. Which is to say, he he's he's not hitting the ropes like Undertaker sitting into a chair. My no, favorite yeah. run, runner of the ropes of all time. He's he's he hitting the ropes very gingerly, but nevertheless, I'm popping for this. I'm loving it. We're getting Snoop Dogg doing doing punches, people's elbows. Shane McMahon's lying there in excruciating pain. Could this segment get any better? Um, and then Shane McMahon gets kind of he doesn't even get brought up the ramp. They they bring him out through the back door through the crowd. <laughs> to go get medical attention. And I'm hoping, and I'm thinking, this would probably be the last Shane McMahon appearance in those yeah, I, I would think so. You certainly can't have him wrestle anymore. Like, he's... he's he's I, I know for the last decade, since he since he threw that uh, three-piece combo at Randy Orton on Raw, he, like, he's been done, you know? And here we are, whatever it is, nearly 15 years later, I mean, that's surely it. You know, what What does he offer anymore? Even as a surprise, before he got injured, yeah. this was like an enormous letdown. Where it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. Shame, I think, man. I think everyone, everyone sees through it at this stage. Do you know what I mean? At, at best, you get a bit of a nostalgia pop for the music. Mm. And it's like, yeah, what does he offer? Like, obviously, the, this might be the last match, probably. But like, like his his last attempt at doing something in creative got him fucking booted from the from his father's good graces. You know, the Rumble last year, infamous, already infamous. So yeah, I don't know, I don't know what's left. And I certainly didn't see his name in any of the press releases this week with the sale. I mean, that goes without saying. He's been divested from that in quite a while. Did you but, see uh, the yeah. the the financial reports that came out? The disclosure that he got paid like six hundred grand. Oh yeah, him, him and Stephanie. Year. Got like one of them got well, six and one of them got seven hundred grand, and, and the only appearance he made was the Royal Rumble. <laughs> the Royal Rumble, which he also booked, and was an abomination. Yeah, and he got seven hundred grand just for that. I mean, he'll get the same. For the, he'll get the same for this match. He gets. Yeah, well, listen, he's got hospital bills to pay now, so you know. Jesus, um, I, I can't even remember what the last thing Stephanie did on television was, and she also got a. a was it where she came out and said like "Thank you, Vince"? Did oh, it, yeah. thank oh you Vince yes! Got- oh my God! Yeah, you're actually you're actually right. Yeah, yeah, that's great. But I feel like Shane McMahon at this point is, and, and I know there's going to be over the le- next little while, there's going to be a lot of parallels to the UFC since they're now one company, which we'll, which we'll mm-hmm. get to. But I feel like Shane McMahon is almost like a, a Chuck Liddell figure where they just kind of keep him, pay him, so he doesn't go to Highland and do a MMA fight in front of 500 people and get his brain Embarrassed, embarrassed the family. Just keep Shane McMahon a little peril. But then, but then eventually what the UFC did once Endeavor came in was we're not paying those lads anymore. <laughs> Cut them loose. Mm. We don't care. 
I'm sure there'd be a lot of that with, with um, WWE. A lot of the uh, we 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 keep them on the payroll because they're they're a good brother. There'll be like that won't be happening anymore. Um, so that was hilarious. As I said, uh, we then had Edge and the Demon Finn Balor in a Hell in a Cell match. So so this was Brood Edge, right? Oh, so for Attitude Era, fans, everything, <laughs> every single thing. Every I, I I don't hate Edge, but every single thing he's done since he come back, I just I I roll my eyes at every syllable that comes out of his fucking mouth. He's so exhausting and it's so tiresome. And I watched the entrances for this match. And yeah. let, let, let me get to the I might explain here what's yeah. what, what's what's kind of funny about Brood Edge yeah, that you may not remember from the Attitude Era. So Joe, as someone who didn't watch this, right? Brood Edge. So let's say you're in charge of this show, right? And I come yeah, to you. Yeah. You're 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 the the production okay, executive, yeah. right? Yeah. So so the creative that 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 have come to me, they say they want Brood Edge to yes. be, you know, on the other side from from Finn Balor. Um, are we going to use the 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 music that the Brood used in the Attitude Era That's synonymous right. with that group? That would be my first suggestion. Yeah, should we yeah, bring, yeah, back, yeah, the old, song, bring yeah. back the old Brood music? The kind of old Brood music, gothic yeah, sort of exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, are we going to have, you know, maybe the ring of fire on the ramp and Edge will come up like, through... Like sending up through the fire, like sending from hell, hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Right. If, and yeah. and what do, what do we want to do for his, like, entrance attire? Do we want him to dress a certain way? To- um, yeah, I, I mean, if you think back, it was a sort of the white shirt. The pretty white, of, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of vam- vampiric interview with a vampire. Yeah. Now, now to be fair, Edge never wore that for whatever reason. But that, that, that would still conjure, you know, the yeah, visual yeah. of the brood, right? Yeah, of course. Um, so instead of that, they did none of that. Yeah. Well, what, did, what, hang on, I would also say... Let's try and get Gangrel or Christian back. Yeah, now. I, Gangrel definitely pottering around WrestleCon for the know, last three days. Don't know um, about Christian's status, but possibly. Yeah. Let's at least let's give it a go. Yeah, yeah. And and he do a blood do a bloodbath. Do a so do a, so so. What our idea is is we'll just ride yeah. Brood Edge on the Titantron. Oh yeah, and that would yeah. be enough. Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. There been there be no no other reference yeah, at all. So, th- so no, it will just. So, but the announcers will say, "Oh, it's Brood Edge." <laughs> this is Brood Edge. Is that yeah? No, no, just Edge. No, no, just no. on. Oh, okay, so just cool. And I'll he's going to wear a funny mask that that looks like a disco right. ball. They never did that in the in the Brood, but okay. um, yeah, but this is the new Brood. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll go and speak to graphics. Don't worry. <laughs> so, so Brood Edge. There was there was no likeness to the brood whatsoever. Um, it's just Edge basically, right. and and then the demon Finn Balor. God love him, Finn Balor when he was on the Indies and he was doing the the Venom body paint and the Punisher body paint and all that stuff. Hmm. That was that was pretty cool. I gotta say, yeah, no, that was good. Yeah, the the, main de- the, the demon get up. Has always to me looked extremely lame. Yeah, and here was no different. Where I'm he's got the sh- little. I'm kind of shocked they bothered bringing it back after he lost to Roman. Do you know what I mean? Uh, uh, oh, but he's lost to Roman shit. Joe, not not the podcast Joe, the one of Samoan descent, mm. and uh, and now Edge. Yeah. But it's like it's, it's goofy looking. Like he, he has the the pipe cleaners on his head, and yeah. 
And it's just like, I think it's just, it's one of those WWE things where they just thought, oh, hell in a cell. So we'll, we'll like, even though he hasn't done it in years and he's doing a completely different character now, we'll make him the demon Finn Balor. But you can't just have normal edge in there. You have to have brood edge because it has to be, it has, we're doing, it, it's, we're making movies, pal. It's like a, a monster. It's like one of them monster talkies. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's Godzilla Kong. Yeah, yeah. Um, like when they wanted to do the demon versus the sister Abigail thing, you know, <laughs> the first match that thankfully never happened. I think the demon looks better without the headgear on, to be honest. Yeah. Where's just Finn with the beard and the paint. Like that's a cooler image when he comes out with the little tassels on his arms and no, it's not doing it. Although I will say they may not have done the brood um, stuff and all that, but Give credit where credit's due. They did paint some of the weapons red and some of them oh, purple. So annoying. Like, mm. so lame. And the other thing as well, um, they, they're having this match in um, the career ender. We fucking carved this cage out of metal sourced from hell, the devil. And, and they fucking do a spot where Finn gets a ladder thrown at his head, fucking stupid, and splits his skull wide open, obviously. And then they, they, like, it's WCW in 1992. They they pan way out, and they're like, don't... Because I, I don't know when they brought this. I feel like they haven't done this in ages, but now they're like, don't shoot it. Don't even look at it. Mm. Don't even... So, and oh, it's so, like, in their classic WWE fashion, they they can't call him Finn, Finn Balor. It either has to be the demon Finn, Finn Balor or the demon. Mm. So so Edge is standing there looking all annoyed because the wrestlers always hate this shit, having to fucking wait for the referee to patch it up. And the commentators are saying 50 times, the demon is getting medical attention. I'm like... <laughs> How do you not look at yourselves and say, we've gone wrong here somewhere, and this is just so stupid? Because you're calling him by his stupid nickname. You're doing this monster mash battle royale, hell in a cell thing, where you've had to stop it and stitch together the guy and call him by his copyrighted name. It's like, this is everything bad about this company in one moment. Like, it was so lame. It was so, so lame. Also, if you're going to go back to that strictness about the blood, why are you doing a hell in a cell match where you're throwing ladders at each other's faces anyway? I mean, it's you're just asking. Asking for trouble. Do something else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I was wondering if they were gonna um just let it be, you know, because of the style of match it was. And and no. They had to No. They they opened opened the Hell in a Cell to let the little doctor in. And it's like, well, for as much as the Seth Rollins Bray Wyatt uh fiasco did a lot of damage to the gimmick, I feel like this does as well, where it's career ending. It's it takes years off your life, but if you get too hurt, we'll stop it and a doctor come in, have a look at you, and make sure you're okay. Mm. I mean, whenever you hear rumors of like you don't anymore because he signed a contract, but like Moxley maybe going back to WWE. <laughs> yeah, imagine, imagine yeah, such a thing. Possible. You you can you can picture him looking at this and going, mm, that's, "This ain't for me." I'm afraid. A man, a man who, at the drop of a hat. We'll we'll run that blade coast to coast, brother. <laughs> um, and then we had an edge one, <laughs> uh, edge one a match, which was eighteen minutes long, nine of which was them patching up the demon, and then we get to the main event: Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, which I thought was very good, and I thought the ending was very surprising mm. uh, not necessarily in a positive way mm. mm-hmm. um, because I feel like Wrestlemania for, for a company that is so 
much about, and I don't know if you guys have heard this term before, WrestleMania moments. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Where where your story pays off in a moment that they can show and will be remembered for years and years to come. The the image of Cody Rhodes finally achieving, you know, the, the boyhood dream, the thing his father could not do. And we'll actually we'll do that. Uh, Money in the bank instead. Oh, yeah. Or whatever. Something stupid like that, yeah. It just feels like a huge missed opportunity. Um I mean and, and also there's there's something to be said about just sometimes just giving the people what they want. Yeah. And, and my, the worst take I heard about this was Ariel Helwani's. Oh, now, you're, joking. Well, you're joking. No, 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 no. What? Let me say, let me say, I am generally a Helwani defender. Oh, you fool. Mm. I like Helwani. I like Helwani. Mm. His take on this was so off the mark where he was saying, well, wrestling is at its best when it's unpredictable. I hate that argument every single time. And it's always this company, it's always this exact thing where they beat a person who should obviously win. Yeah. And then no. it's always, you just, you never, it was the same when it was fucking Karrion Cross like, got jobbed out to Jeff Hardy in, like, two minutes on Raw when he's supposed to be this big debutant. It's like, it's gotta be unpredictable, guys. Do you know what I mean? It's just, you can't have it be boring. It's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And I think wrestling has to be unpredictable, but unpredictable in the journey to the destination. Yeah. Not that at the very end, they bait and switch you and go, well, that that thing you wanted that whole time? (laughs) Ha ha! No, we'll give you the other thing. Like every movie ever made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh no, don't don't have them save the day. The have the unpredictability it, it, yeah, the unpredictability is not will uh, event X eventually happen. It's you know, cast your mind back to the Batista Triple H, one of the one of the best modern storylines. It's is this the show where Batista is gonna yeah. Flip the switch. You, you remember uh, the the elimination chamber at New Year's Revolution. A lot of the build was about is this where he's going to do it, and you know the payoff to that story isn't him turning. The payoff is Batista winning the belt, which they did at WrestleMania. They didn't say, "Oh no, he needs another another uh, couple of months where he loses and then he f- scraps his way back up." No, Batista, you know, he did the turn, won the belt, uh, but but that story was was not predictable throughout the ending was predictable and it was predictable that he would at some point turn but the unpredictability is the other elements of the story that you add to that and when certain things might happen so cody did not win and actually my feeling coming out and by i'm not by no means a, a, a wwe fan or watcher but my feeling coming out of it was just of like deflation just like yeah. oh I don't feel like oh that damn Roman Reigns. I can't wait for Cody to to give him his comeuppance. That should have been this show. Yeah, yeah. Whenever people say oh well, there's show X around the corner. It's like you, you know WrestleMania is the big one. Yeah, you know that that's generally the, the big one. Um, the other thing is what you're saying about Roman as well. It's just they also like I don't they don't they don't present him as a babyface, but they also they don't really present him as a heel either. He's like he's like like half the fan base kind of loves him well he's he's, he's like, supremely arrogant though is, is his he, no he's no he no i'm saying he is definitely a heel but I, I mean they also just they don't there's no jr calling triple h a son of a bitch six mm. times a show they just they 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 talk about him in a way on commentary especially that kind of reveres him 
uh, and it's kind of like they don't amp it up as this thing that you should be thirsting for because so much of their so much of their brand, especially amongst their own hardcore fans, is tied up in this guy and this rain. I almost feel like the company is worried they'll be like directionless when he when he drops it. Um, right, and I actually did ha- hear that comment uh, specifically about the finish and how the commentators should have been more indignant about it in mm. a in a classic Jim Ross style. Yeah. It's like, oh, you son of a bitch. Did you realize what you've done? You After he got kicked out as well. He got kicked out during the match and then came back anyway. You know. Well, that's another, a whole other story. But um, the match itself was, was very good. Uh, the finish yeah. did feel cheap. The fact that Cody didn't win did feel like a, a missed opportunity and a deflating kind of, oh. like, like when Drew didn't win a, Clash at the castle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like an- another, uh, and it's like, well, <laughs> and when Sammy didn't win, the last yeah, when Sammy didn't win, and we're it's like, well, you, guys, we're running, we're running out, out of guys, guys, and and I don't think you can just go back to Cody again, and Cody then wins him or then beats yeah. him and wins. Like, well, well, good news, Roman's you know fucking off again for another few weeks, so you, you don't have to worry about them going back to it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the match the match was good, but yeah. um, for people who specifically tuned in to see Cody, and I guess that's the line of thinking is well, people people uh, signed up to Peacock to to see the the Cody win, and he didn't, mm. so maybe they'll sign up again next time. It's like, well, that that only works so many times. And anyway, because they got their money from Peacock, I, they're, that's probably not even in their line of thinking. I don't know what they were thinking when they when they did this, but. I was very surprised. I, I woke up on Monday morning. Obviously, I didn't. I haven't watched any of it except for yeah. I saw the finish of this match, um, and I saw Shane McMahon's uh, quad <laughs> falling yeah. off the bone like a tender, uh, slow cooked chicken thigh. Yeah. Um, I was so shocked when I woke up. I, I saw some tweets about it, but they weren't specific. And then I kept scrolling, and I saw the actual result, and I was just like. This is hilarious. I mean, yes, yes, I am a hater, one hundred percent. But I, I f- was so happy on Monday morning, kind of reading the reaction. It was just so funny, and I like Cody, and I'm v- kind of disappointed he, he didn't get. I think what he expected. Obviously, he went back to WWE with the idea of getting the big coronation. I, I, you have to assume at, at WrestleMania that was what he wanted was that moment, and he didn't get it. But on the other hand, he was also very, very funny. So I was very happy. Um, yeah, um, and then and then the next night on Raw as well with the follow up, the, yeah. um, the the Brock Lesnar beatdown, which <laughs> has to be the longest. <laughs> I think it was longer than Sting RVD in that one time. In <laughs> yeah, God, I remember Jesus. that back in the earliest days of this like, podcast. It that went was. on and not like, and people will defend this as well as oh well they're setting up Brock Cody and Cody will beat Brock, but. That level of beatdown, like I've never seen Brock get beat down for 10 minutes. I've never seen Roman get beaten down for 10 minutes. Yeah. I've never seen The Rock or Austin or any other major star get beaten down for 10 minutes. The only people that get beaten down like that are B plus, <laughs> B yeah. plus players. I, I just thought that was amazing. Well, WWE has a history of, of you know, you're, you're a guy who went outside of our system, <laughs> set up a, a rival company. We bring you in. We have to. We have to. You know, fuck you a little bit. I'm afraid. We got to punish you for for what you've done. So maybe there's an element of that as well at play. But um, yeah, I mean, look. At the end of the day, I think it was. I think it was the wrong decision. And uh, and it is what it is. You know. 
It but, is uh, what it is. It certain it certainly doesn't make me want to you know watch uh, Backlash or 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 yeah. any of it. Like I, I, that's me out now again until until probably um, Royal Rumble or mm. you know I'm not, I don't have any interest in watching anymore really. They screwed the pooch, and I wonder you know from a WWE hardcore point of view that's one thing, but from people who you know there there are lapsed people who who dip in like like me for for Rumble and WrestleMania. And maybe something like Cody winning, especially for an AEW uh, fan, a laps fan who's gone back, maybe to see Cody win. What's what encourages you to stick around when you see something like that? You know, mm. I kind of wonder what what the rationale is behind it. I don't, I don't think it's just oh we want to bury Cody because you, you don't have to put him in the main event to do that. Mm. You know, what I mean, you could have had him lose the Rumble, for example, and it would have been. Humiliating. I just wonder if they look, if I don't know whether it's Vince or Triple H looked at it and went, you know, we've been building up Roman for so long, all these years. Is this really the best, the biggest and best we could do? Could we do something even bigger and better next year? Could it be The Rock? Could it be someone else coming back? Could it be someone else new? You know, I mean, I, j- I think it's more like a gamble on can we do something even bigger next year? Uh, can can we have Austin Theory as an over over babyface by this time next year and put the belt on him? Because Cody is Cody in my mind is the 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 John Cena of this era for them. He's not young though, and he's not getting any younger. No, so that's why this felt like the time. Put the belt on him now. You have him for the next three, four, five years, maybe as your as one of your top babyfaces. Mm. Because like who else do they have? They have him, Sammy, and you know Sammy was obviously involved in in this, the 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 bloodline story for the last while. Frankly, I don't know if Sammy, outside of that storyline, is as important as he was in the context of that storyline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it might be that he doesn't have the longevity either. And Sammy surely is comparable in age to Cody anyway. Sammy's been around for yeah, tw- yeah, yeah. twenty years or so, right? He's exactly the same age as me. Uh, we were born on the same day, Sammy's own. So, oh, wow. he's thirty nine this <laughs> this July. <laughs> I know. So, I mean, we're we're looking at we're, you know we're looking at people of roughly uh, a same age. There's no one mm. coming up who's a decade younger that I see as being a potential top baby face. I mean, at a stretch, you might say someone like a Montez Ford, but there's a lot to do there, you know? Yeah, that's not happening tomorrow or the day after, you know? No, and I don't know what age he is either. I assume he's he's well, he's younger, but he's also been around in NXT. He's been around, for like, yeah. In, coming up on a decade, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 2015, yeah. 2016, at least. I feel like it I feel like it will be Cody, but it's just you can never recapture the magic of the first time. Do you know what I mean? It's... You know what I mean? Like, what are you going to do in a year? Like, the sheen will be off at that stage. <laughs> WrestleMania 14, Michaels beats Austin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, it's that. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that's WrestleMania. And, yeah, we touched there, obviously, on, on Raw, which seemed like it was a, a, pretty, a pretty... I didn't pay any attention. To no, I, 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 I saw Matt Riddle came back, and in, in, he's got little undies now. Oh, yeah, and it just seemed like this was the this was the Vince comeback show. Um, yeah. Uh, you know. I can't wait for him to be Riddle again, and uh, half the roster to lose half their names. Yeah, um. <laughs> he can go back to just being Cody, like he was in the early <laughs> <90s>. <laughs> in AEW. Yeah, 
so part of what facilitates Vince being back, I mean, he could just come back whenever he wanted. Just, you know, there was he owns, no real, he owns no, it. So. He owns, yeah, there was actually the. Can you believe this? There was no consequences. But part of why, uh, part of why he was back, back was that obviously we did get the the confirmation that the sale was well, not quite a done deal, but it's basically it, it's it's signed, sealed, and under review. But it'll uh, it's more or less going to be a done deal. Yeah. It's WWE and Endeavor, the UFC uh, parent company. Um, they are going to form a new entity. So rather than one observing the other, they're going to just create a new uh, a new legal entity that will oversee the two companies. Um, uh, uh, the uh, They don't have a name for it yet, although its, it's uh, initials for the stock exchange will be TKO, which I actually think would not be a bad name. Tony know. Khan Operations. <laughs> oh, secretly uh, running the whole thing. <laughs> just, you know, I was about to say, to- uh, can, you, can we call it? TKOE, uh, Mr. A- Mr. Ari, I want to. We got to get entertainment in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> to, like knockout, bit of a bit of a, you know, bit of a combaty sportsy name. So yeah, so basically they're going to make this new entity, and and, and the, I think the the structure of the two individual companies are going to remain the same. Dana White on top of UFC, Nick Khan is the president of WWE, mm. and then they're going to assemble this board um, uh, of this new company, uh, half of which has been revealed, half still to be revealed. And then what's I've forgotten the guy's name, the owner of Endeavor, Ari Emmanuel. Emmanuel, yeah. So he will be head honcho, and directly under him will be Vince, and then you'll have the board. And it's funny because I saw some people bickering online as to whether or not it's fair to say Vince would be Dana White's boss. I'm like, no, he would be, because Dana White is the head of the UFC and and Vince is second in command of the parent company now, mm-hmm. um, of, of TKO for lack of a better name at the moment. So that'll be funny. That's gonna. I think that's gonna produce some. Some. Not that they're gonna be working directly with each other very much, but I think it is gonna be. I don't think Dana likes that at all. I'll go out on a limb and I'll say that. Um, mm. And I did see a very funny clip. It's so MMA reporting is so funny. I saw a guy asking Dana questions. So, so now that you know you're all under the same umbrella, same company. Uh, do you think? And you know WWE's face. Do you think people will start thinking that UFC is as well? I'm like, you are a little dumb fuck weasel. Um, <laughs> oh, hello, uh, who, who, and Dana seemed not impressed with that question at all. Um, you know, so it'll be it'll be funny to see. I'm sure he's going to have a little meltdown uh, at some stage. He also put out some statements like, "Oh, very excited about what this could mean for UFC and Power Slap." I'm like, "Yeah, all right, all right, whatever." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh my god, coming soon to the network. You know, uh, yeah. Power Slap. Anyway, even so, yeah, Vince that's the- wouldn't touch Power Slap. Like, no, even, no, even he's he wouldn't be that desperate. It was. All, it's yeah. funny whenever he shows up at UFC. I'm like, he hates this. I know for a fact he, he hates. He doesn't this. know what's going on. He doesn't know what's going on. Thinks it's Craven. Um, Smithers, yeah. what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> this was a, a surprise. I think the the most surprising element of this is it wasn't an acquisition. Like WWE was not sold. Yeah, they've just merged WWE and UFC, which I, I can't believe anyone would ever have predicted that those two companies yeah. would essentially have a straight merger. And what it means is Vince didn't get a big billion dollar, several billion dollar payout for his shares. He's basically just still owns more stock than anyone else of this new company. Yeah. It is the probably the best result Vince could have got out of anything after forcing himself after being forced to retire. Yeah, and like, it's, it's just. It's like a lot of people assumed when when all these different players were being out, and Endeavor were named very early on as as a potential player. Mm. Like, you know, you're, you're Disney and Amazon and NBC Universal. It's like, well, and the Saudis, obviously. And we, everyone called this. It was so well known. A big factor will not just be the money, but he'll have to get a company that loves him and will let him still be in power and will let him. Yeah. You know, none of this. You know, if Disney comes in and says, "Oh, well, that guy's bad news. We'll give you seventy bajillion." dollars for it but he has to go he was never going to sign off on that ever in a million years 
Um, so yeah, and as Joe said, he's uh, <laughs> life isn't fair. You know, he's richer and more powerful than he's ever been. He is more. He's as powerful as he was in WWE, and he technically lords over UFC now as well. Like he 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 made out like a bandit, and fucking he looks like a a, a, a courtroom sketch of one as well. Um, <laughs> it's like when Hulk Hogan won that lawsuit against Gorka and got yeah. massive payout, and it's like, hang on a minute. He was massively racist on a videotape. Yeah. And now he's got like a hundred million dollars. He can do what he wants. And it's yeah. like Vince is exactly the same. So, oh, God. Oh, well. I'm um, angry. I did, yeah, I mean, it's not worth it. It isn't worth it. I did enjoy. Um, so, first of all, like last week, there was the extremely half hearted answer from Nick Khan about whether or not Vince is involved in creative. And he said, not. Uh, not that much it's like okay so you're not even bothering to say no anymore you're just like eh, you know to a degree so that was that was obviously that kind of foreshadowing um but then in in the big cnn interview with emmanuel and vince um he you know gave what everyone knew was a bullshit answer when he's like are you gonna be involved in creative he's like oh you know big picture stuff but i can't be in the weeds oh, anymore no not in the weeds no, 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 no. not in the weeds yeah well how did this reporter by the way not say sorry do you need a glass of water or something are you because you just sound like you're you sound like you're falling apart over there um but um like he like vince is like someone uh uh like in an old fantasy story who made a deal with the devil to live forever but he's like nose is falling off and his, his yeah. limbs are degrading like he looks and sounds ridiculous but anyway uh, someone, a couple of people dug up that the in the weeds quote is the exact phrase he used when they appointed Heyman and Bischoff during COVID or just before COVID when they were each assigned to Raw and SmackDown. And, and the idea and Vince's thing was, oh, well, I just, you know, I can't just do it anymore. Too many irons in the fire. Can't get into the weeds on this anymore. <laughs> and of course, Bischoff never even worked a day of that job. And Heyman lasted about six months. Yeah. And then Vince was like, what, what have you done with my weeds? <laughs> They're all askew. God damn it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, yeah, and and people, the, the fingerprints were all over Raw. There was the video of Seth being told when he was in the ring during commercial that he was, his thing was getting caught, and there was matches advertised that didn't happen, and so on and so forth. So. Oh, yeah, very Vince, very Vincey. Even the, the Brock thing, I mean, first of all, the, like, Brock beating him up, I mean, you know, that's kind of typical stuff. Like, that level of, like, unprecedented beating him and beating him and heat 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 kill him kill him absolutely murder him like that level of mm. of pummel the baby face into the ground just you know um uh, yeah that's that so yeah so this new entity i i think it, it has to go through all the relevant kind of approvals and, and, and mm. uh, federal reviews as well you know um, yeah and the thing to remember is with with mergers and acquisitions it's uh m plus a equals layoffs oh yeah so yeah. I anticipate there'll be lots and lots of movement in that regard. Yeah, I mean, look, they, they, they did not. God, I, I was so, so I've seen so many stupid opinions in the last week. It's been crazy. First of all, so, so a lot of the hardcores, I mean, uh, have been have convinced themselves that this Triple H thing is like the new Attitude Era, and his his era was so good. And I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But like all the like so many people saying, first of all, the wrestlers should walk out. I'm like, yeah, buddy, this is it. for real. This time they're going to do it. Also, I'm going to hold this football for you here if you want to kick it. Um, uh, you know, and and the other thing was that if if the wrestlers walk out, Endeavor will will cave and they'll kick Vince out. I was like, you're this is like the one company probably higher on the list than WWE in terms of like ruthless people who will absolutely pay no favors to the talent you are disposable up to and including roman if roman said i don't like this shit get vince out of here they'd say i don't know who you are get out you know 
Um, people like, yeah, the, the yeah, cuts he's had to be coming. Use the example of, of Francis Ngannou, who was their, their mm. world champion, who yeah. the most spectacular knockout artist with the strongest put couldn't come to a deal. Right, you're done. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I agree. There's no level to which anyone is is not held to the same standards as everybody else. And you know, I would be frankly worried about <sighs> how much money goes into the performance center. You know, that's one thing that I think they'll look at and go, "Why are we fucking employing all these people for this?" You know, when there's we can just get them in and do a, a Vince McMahon's uh, fight league or whatever once a Tuesday, you know, the same way they do for mm-hmm. UFC, they hire people off the independents or they don't fucking have a UFC uh, perf- <laughs> development league, you know, they, they, just, they, they have a, a number of them like WWE used to like, why, why do we have this facility down here? There's a fucking point at all this, mm-hmm. but, um, and the number of people they have on the roster, I'm sure, is going to come down as well. Why do we need a draft, a, a brand split? Just fucking have the same, use the same people twice a week. Yeah, they announced the draft actually this week. But I like you. If you asked me yesterday, do they have a brand uh, split currently? I would have said no. I did not realize that. I know mm. they have two belts, um, but I mean, especially during Mania season, they just do not give a fuck about that. But yeah, there, there'll definitely be Kotsky's coming. It, it seems like a couple of people we talked. I mean, we talked about them kind of over the last few weeks. A lot of people seemingly on the bubble. Um, uh, there was some clarity on on Drew. Uh, someone asked Melzer on on Twitter, "What's the likelihood of, of Drew showing up at All In in Wembley?" Which we will talk about shortly. He said zero because he, even though he's looking to, he seems like he's looking to get out. He is contracted for the next nine months. So, mm. and I would say even though they're going to be eager to cut people. I mean, maybe maybe your endeavors and your Nick Cons of the world don't give a shit about this, but I, Vince definitely, I think, does not want to cut someone who could show up at, at Wembley, who, who's a big deal, obviously. You know, you know, they can cut Akira Tozawa. Do you know what I mean? They, they, you know, not, but you know, would they would they be a little cagey about a uh, about a Drew or, or a similar uh, uh, level of guy? Maybe, you know, maybe. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's the old acquisition. We'll see where where, where it goes. Uh, maybe someone will fight it on, you know, monopoly uh, charges. Uh, get, all, get get old MLW in the in the in the courtroom. <laughs> you know, our our booming industry. You know, uh, they were back in the news, but who gives a shit? Let's not even talk about it. Um, so, as mentioned, the other big news this week. Finally, finally, we got the reveal of AEW's UK date. And it's funny because before the show aired, Tony Khan was hyping this up to the degree. I was like, this man is going to let everyone down because he's talking about this like the most important thing in company history, blah, 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 blah. And I was talking to someone privately before. I was like, if this is the UK show, he has overhyped this. Okay. If they're doing a fucking dynamite episode in fucking the O2. Okay. That is not that is not an announcement that you should hype this way. And sure enough, wake up the next morning. It is, in fact, a UK date, but not just any old UK date. No sorry, Bob. The, uh, we were getting the, the return of Joe Towner to one Wembley Stadium uh, all these years later, 31, 31 yep. years? Yep. 31 years later, uh, the site of SummerSlam 92, it is Wembley Stadium. Nine zero 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 seats in this MFR. Uh, mm-hmm. So regardless of how it ends up doing, and I guess we'll talk about our prospects and our predictions soon, it will comfortably be their biggest show ever, I'm fairly sure. Even if it's a disappointing attendance, I think it'll be their their biggest ever. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm confident of that. Um, yeah, this is ballsy. Not like, like This is ballsy because a, a company, a non-WWE company doing this um, is obviously going to be somewhat unprecedented. Uh, you know, I, I don't even think in, in their absolute heyday, I don't think WCW did... 
uh, a venue, nor well, with the exception of North Korea, I suppose. But they, uh, the I don't think they ever did a venue and uh, an attendance north of forty one or forty two thousand. So uh, yeah, uh, this is the Atlanta Georgia, 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 Georgia Dome. Uh, so this is, you know, this this ain't just oh he just announced the UK date. This is the biggest show in company history. Uh, uh, with uh, just, I, I I love it. I love a nice gutsy move like that. Do you know what I mean? It would have been very easy because in all the conversations I've had with people before they announced this date when they just said they were coming to the UK, I was like, oh, we're going to have to fucking log on to Ticketmaster and everything's going to melt down and break because they're going to go to a fifteen thousand seat or whatever. Um, uh, and they'll sell out, and they'll wish they did a bigger building, and just to go straight to the biggest one is is <laughs> gutsy. I I love it. What what did you guys make of of just the announcement uh, uh, um, when you saw it? Yeah, in for a penny, in for a pound. If you're going to go big, I thought they should go big. There were rumors when this was first announced that they were going to do like dynamite at Wembley Arena, and then uh, something else in Manchester. And Manchester, I was like, yeah. if they do that, that I'm not even going to bother going. It's yeah, that'd be just insult. That is an insult to the, an entire continent <laughs> yeah. of Europe to, to do Wembley Arena with ten thousand attendants. Um, so weirdly, I I had convinced myself that the announcement was going to be Wembley Stadium. Okay. I, really? I I ah. I, I know that makes me sound like I'm full of shit, but I tell you why. So there was a tweet in October. Tony Khan tweeted at Nyla Rose. This was during the angle where Nyla Rose had stolen the TBS title yes. from Jay Cargill. Yeah. And Tony tweeted at Nyla, you nearly ruined the Wembley Stadium photo shoot by stealing the belt. We had to use a replica. Now, at the time, I thought that was Tony doing a kind of cryptic like hint that they mm. were going to be doing something with with Wembley Stadium. And I kind of filed that away at the back of the old the old noggin. The old noggin. And think, mm, hang on, that's interesting. And so I was convinced. I was like, what? Yeah, this, he's going to announce Wembley. Looking back at it, it was the week of a Jaguar, Jacksonville Jaguars match at Wembley. And the AEW guys were there to do a photo shoot. I didn't know that at the time. So right. my whole certainty of thinking this announcement was going to be Wembley Stadium was based completely on a misunderstanding of, of Tony Khan's like subtweet. Um, or maybe it was intentional. I don't know. Maybe he was kind of trying to give people a hint. I don't know. But um, yeah, that's why I was I was convinced it was going to be that. And then you know, wake, waking up to the announcement was incredibly exciting. Um, I think it's great. I think that you should you should go for it. And 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 really kind of ignore. I'm obviously, as soon as the news came out, people were like, "What well, are they going to sell out? Ninety thousand people, ninety thousand <laughs> attendants, or even more?" Like because. Tyson Fury, I think, did 104,000 for his last mm. boxing match at Wembley. And it's like 90,000, 100,000. I just think those sort of, that's what speculation is, is ludicrous. Cause yeah. even one, once you start to put the production elements in, it's not going to be 90,000 seats. You've seen the size of like the WrestleMania stage or a Wrestle Kingdom kind of stage that knocks off like 20, 10, 20,000 anyway. It's not going to be 90,000, right? I think that's safe to say. SummerSlam yeah. 92 was. 79,000 so that even wasn't that big um but I, th- I think it's, it's fantastic news and i i cannot wait i'm like I, I'm, I'm going to las vegas to see double or nothing but this is kind <laughs> yeah. of made this has blown it out of the water i'm like even more excited for this now so um yeah good good shit mr khan yeah i mean i think it'll probably do better than anticipated i don't think it'll yeah. sell out or anything crazy but I just feel like there's uh, almost a like publicity element to it of mm. of a wrestling show at Wembley, regardless of what company it is. 
I feel like there'll be a, a certain amount of, I don't want to say casual, but you know, if, if the ticket mm-hmm. prices are right, that might be a thing that if, you know, family goes along to in, in London's obviously a huge area, you know, wrestling at Wembley first time in 30 years, really lean into that, you know, for, for people who were maybe there at SummerSlam, I want to recapture that, that nostalgia, that memory, mm-hmm. go with the family, you know, have their son or daughter have, have that same experience they had when they were young, you know? Um, and yeah, I think also a show of that size draws in people from from Europe as well, oh, and, totally. poten- oh, and, and potentially the US. Just the, the, the pure scale of it, you know. I don't think it's only, you know, in the O2, for example, as you said, Barry, you know, um, you, because of the ticket expectations and so on, you might just not have people who are who are going to fly across to see a dynamite taping in yeah. in the O2, you know. Whereas yeah. this, suddenly, people are looking at it, and, and I'll speak from my experience. I already have a little group that are going. Yes. Who who I don't know otherwise wouldn't necessarily go if it wasn't of this scale, you know? And and myself, my brother, and my friend Stephen, who listens, is gonna be coming as well. Nice. Flights and hotel are booked already, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we grabbed the Flights and hotel. hotels are already booked. And and we can do that. We have the freedom to do that because the expectation is we're not gonna be uh without a ticket, you know? Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. And so that plays into it as well as your people who 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 can commit to going now and can maybe book holidays off work at yeah. you know early because there's not a fear that they're not going to be able to go. And so you everything in terms of of announcing the show seems like there's more flexibility for a higher crowd. Mm. That might be obvious, but um, I can't wait. Absolutely thrilled, oh, thrilled about it. Got got a good price on on flights and, and hotel before they're inevitably going to start shoot shooting up. Um, both flights and the night in the hotel, hundred and thirty euro for. Oh, all very good. That's, that's the other thing because when I when they announced Clash of the Castle at first, I was I was like, oh, you know, do I want to miss this? And then I, you know, I looked at hotels in Cardiff and looked at train to Cardiff. It's a fucking fortune, and that was before they announced the extortionate ticket prices as ticket well. Prices, yeah. London's obviously very different. It's not like all the hotels are going to get booked up. The ones near Wembley will, but there's like yeah. two two thousand hotels in London, so you could just stay anywhere and get the yeah. tube to to the thing. Flights from Europe or anywhere else in the UK are only like what thirty quid, forty quid at most. You know, it's, it's so that's cheap it to, yeah. to get to to London. I think that's why it's not like if it's in the US, people from the East Coast aren't necessarily going to fly to the West Coast, but in in exactly. the UK. Scotland, Ireland, France. You know, it's it's pretty easy to only to if it's something like a WrestleMania. That would be the only case where yeah. they would. And so I think there there is a huge population for this. I, I'm hopeful it will do well. I, I for me, you know, Meltzer's been talking about this a lot, um, and he was talking about numbers of like twenty five thousand mm. would be a success. I'm like, that would not be a success. No, <laughs> but yeah. there's there's twenty five thousand twenty five thousand registered for the. The pre-sale, the pre-sale is allegedly what I was, and you you would imagine each of those is not only buying one ticket. Well, this is the thing, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, yeah, like you were saying yeah. about having a group together. I mean, I, the, you know, <laughs> I'm kind of it's going to be tough to coordinate tickets because there's so many people going to this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That I was, I was like, I was going to, I was telling the group of friends, I was like, I'll just text you in the morning what section we're going, mm. and we'll try, like, because yeah. it's going to be because every like, everyone's going, everyone's bringing plus ones, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, on the on the attendance number, I mean, it's just kind of like I'm I. I mean, I'm very bullish on this. I think they're going to do very well. Mm. 90, no, of, of course no. not, right? Obviously, but uh, spoiler, WrestleMania doesn't sell out either. That's no. fake. 
that's part of the show. <laughs> they even say that's part of the show now when you ask them on a, like a media call. Um, uh, like I, I, I think I like I wouldn't I wouldn't put money on it, but fifty wouldn't shock me at all. Um, yeah. uh, you know, uh, when you think of when you think of like I think you know the general pop uh, you know popularity of of wrestling in general, I think there's also way I think there's no like. In real terms, in terms of the ticket buying public, I think there's no actual kind of division or this type of fan wouldn't go to this or if they only watch SmackDown, mm. they're not going to... No, not, I don't think that's a thing in the UK or Europe broadly, to be honest. Um, I think... I think... I think on their... I think the... So I signed up for the pre-sale. I'm sure you boys did yep. as well. We're one of the 25,000 doing that. I think I think that pre-sale is going to do phenomenal for them. And I think when the when the... 5th of May, I believe it is, when that day rolls yeah. around, I think they will already on that day, I think they'll break their attendance record on that day. Do you know what I mean? I think they'll clear yeah. the 20, 21 or whatever, oh, whatever it was. They're going to sail past that, and it's literally just a, 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 I, I, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm excessively bullish on it, but I'm like, you know, I think the, I think the interest just from the announcement before they even announce a match um uh is is gonna see them definitely definitely you know north of 40 and and i, I could see them doing 50 or, or even a little bit higher um yeah and I, I feel like uk is by its nature a more hardcore wrestling audience than, totally. than the us mm. with, with staying up late for shows and you know the, the number of major shows we get on this side of the Atlantic as well to even have the possibility to attend. Like, yeah, you you guys have been lucky enough to attend uh, WrestleManias and all that. I've only ever gone to house shows and local indies, mm. so mm. for me, it's it's such a big deal for the first time to be able to attend something of this scale that's going to be televised on on pay per view, whatever. And then the other thing is, what names are they going to get in aside from the normal AW roster? We're going to get some, I, I know Osprey and Ibushi have expressed interest, yeah. maybe a Zack Sabre Jr., some British, you know, some British names of that level to bring in. Uh, hopefully not the, uh, you know, the the people of the, the British wrestling scene who are tweeting at Tony Khan. Notice you're doing a little show there, brother. Yeah, fuck that. The London. other thing as well is people, <laughs> people, like when you enter a new market, people want AEW. They don't want, they don't want anything else. You know, when New Japan comes over, they don't book fucking, uh, 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 Peter Yorkshire Pudding from uh, fucking Kickpad Pro. Do you know what I mean? They, they fucking don't. They want an AEW show with their wrestlers and their roster and their their referees and all that stuff. They don't. You know what I mean? Like, see, I've seen. And the funny thing is, WWE still had a UK division at the time, and even they didn't put anyone on Clash of the Castle. Do you know what I mean? Those, mm. Other than like Gunther, who's on the main roster anyway. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Fuck that. No, we want the real deal. So I suppose that's that's a good segue to talk into what you know what could be on this show what would we like to see on this show and what and what would be a ticket mover as well because another yeah. another Meltzer talking point was that you know their brand and the strength of this announcement will carry them a good way but they got to have good matches on this like it's 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 you know you could probably just blind announce a, a, a Wembley Arena show and sell it out because you're AEW but yeah. for this yeah. you know yeah. and they're they're in a tough spot because they've got like double or nothing forbidden door and then all in, and then all out is the next week. Um, uh, so they they are they've got a lot. Um, and, gr- and Grand Slam like three, four, three or four weeks later, four, yeah, four, yeah, September. Yeah, September. Yeah. So they gotta have they gotta have some stuff up their sleeve. I mean, 
it's always the go-to topic on this, but I suppose let's let's have the CM Punk conversation. Um, you know, the, do you think? I mean, given that the the story goes that before the recent bust up, he had agreed in principle to come back. Do you think he was a, originally a fig, key, figured in to be a key key Probably. thing on this show? Do we think so? Uh, yeah, I think so, and I think it's obviously a big a big kind of lure for him to want to come back to wrestle at Wembley would be surely yeah. for him to be out there to get his WrestleMania moment that he never in got the, in, in the, the main event of AW WrestleMania. Yeah. This is but the, punk. This is the main event. <laughs> <laughs> because I think there, I think there are two kinds of, of main event matches that, that appeal to different kinds of fans. You know, you have your Omega Osprey mm. for instance, right? But no one knows who they are outside. Exactly, but Park but Park. but if that if that got announced, exactly. we would be jumping out of our seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas CM Punk against Chris Jericho, battle of the backstage. <laughs> yeah, um, you know that that speaks to a different audience. You know, I'd so be, I'd be jumping out my seat for that one and go into the fucking yeah. merch stand for that. Yeah, in 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 a Dana White um, shoot fight, uh, slaps only. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I think even looking at the poster, there's such a, it really just put in, in mind, there's such an array of talent in this fucking company. So many yeah. stars. You're like, oh my God, you have your, you know, your MJF Darby Allen, never mind the, you know, your Moxie's Jericho's and so on. It's like, wow, so much, so much to work with. Um, And that's without even bringing in a handful of guys from your new Japan and so on. Yeah. Um, I mean, it seems like it's going to be, it, as it's a WrestleMania-sized event, I, it feels like to me you have to have a WrestleMania-style card. It can't totally. be, it yeah, can't be yeah. a whatever it's called house house rules, brother. Yeah. I Just mean, it's, really- it, it now it's kind of with a lot of clarity. It's kind of now making me say, "Oh, this is why Double or Nothing is having like a four-way for the titles." You know what I mean? <laughs> right. A four-way with two mid-carders in it. If we're being honest, you know. And, uh, <laughs> well, you know, yeah. Two mid carders and a rampage. <laughs> yeah, rampage um, match. Yeah, um, yeah. So that that kind of makes sense because it's kind of like, all right, we gotta we gotta put the big guns on this show. Um, this 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 could also slot into Forbidden Door too. That would be more on brand. But I, I did kind of think you know they could do Omega Osprey too um, mm-hmm. uh, on this. I, I don't think that's actually really a ticket mover necessarily. But like you straight away. Any any extra tickets you might have sold based on you know teasing high level matches that would probably get them. Um, I do wonder is this the point where where we finally get Monet in oh, in yes. AEW? Probably. I, yeah. I think that would be cool. Or you know, uh, again another. I mean, it's, it's funny that a lot of the big names you're thinking of bringing in is kind of like well they probably be, have to be at Forbidden Door as well because that's you know. Nuge gets an old cut of that gate because their name is on the marquee as opposed to just, you know, lending them out for, for all in. Um, did you watch the, the match from yesterday, by the way, the, the Mercedes match? No, not yet. It was very good. It was very, very good. She's back. She's back. She's she, she never lost it, baby. Uh, it was very fun. But um, I think I think that would be great. And I think I think her and Hayter would, would, would tear it up. Uh, and I think you have to you have to give Hayter a good match. You can't you know you can't have her go out Hayter go out there and face fucking Sky Blue or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like Jamie Hayter needs yeah. a good match for this show, or uh, not just not just come out and get the hometown pop and then go home. You know. So yeah. 
Um, anything sting, else? Anything else that might be on the bingo card? Sting, sting match. Yeah. Either, either yeah. a retirement match or even like a a big singles match. I'd love to see like Sting versus Derby, maybe in like a retirement match. Maybe it's not his last match, but it's kind of like if Sting loses, he'll retire. He'll do like yeah. a a Muta style kind of retirement yeah. thing at another event. But could be that that would be a big attraction for me. Um, yeah, I like um, Danielson versus Osprey. We've never yeah. seen that before. Wow, that'd be yeah, yeah, that'd be great. That would be a big attraction for me. I think if you bring Punk in, God, who does he work with? Because everyone, all the big guys seem to hate him. But hates him be, yeah. I, I'd go for, I'd want to see Punk Omega because that would be a brand new match and kind of a dream match as well. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, I would do, um, thinking back to Meltzer's suggestion last year, uh, bringing Goldberg. Um <laughs> Gold- he's free he's free <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm bringing in Goldberg he's jobbing out to Jungle Boy Go- oh listen to this guy alright Jungle Boy's being it up on your message board geek <laughs> Goldberg versus MJF there you go book, book that ooh um, oh wow what, Goldberg wins the title in Wembley oh no come on I wouldn't have Goldberg beat MJF <laughs> hang on hang on if we're bringing let's have the Goldberg conversation if we're bringing him in I'm not I, he's not losing I, I'm, I put him in there with Midgar guys he's not losing I'm not bringing Goldberg in to beat him come on now they, have, they haven't even beaten Sting yet what are you talking about <sighs> oh Goldberg Sting one last time oh you could do MJF and Goldberg versus Sting and Darby Allen. Oh, there MGF you know. bringing in Goldberg would actually be great, like paying yeah. them off. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. and then like the 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 good guys win, and then after the match, MGF screaming, "I like, you idiot, you yeah, and, gets, yeah. and then Goldberg spears him, and everyone cheers. Like, yeah, you know that's that'd be all right. Um, yeah, you could do that. Yeah, Sting yeah. Sting retirement thing would be. I mean, he's pretty pretty on the record saying he wants to be Dunsky yeah. so soon. So. Um, not not a bad shout. Um, the punk yeah. thing is is, is awkward though because like yeah, it's like I've had this conversation with a friend of mine. I'm like, if he's co- don't come back if you're not willing to work with the elite. That's the money. Make the money. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Fucking swallow mm. your all you swallow your pride and make the money. Do you know what I mean? I don't want you to come back and then this guy's on. Well, he's only on fucking rampage or whatever, and he's not going to mix with. It's like don't do that shit. That's diminishing returns then at that stage. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think a, a Mercedes, a big Mercedes dream match like with Jamie Hater. Yeah, would be would be fantastic as well. I was trying to think of other people outside, like a Goldberg, like people you could bring in as a speciality. There's not really that many people around. Like Batista's not going to do it. You know, he's, no. he's retired and he's not fucking yeah. interested anyway. Um, like who else even is there that's not in the WWE sort of orbit? Orbit, yeah. You could you could bring in. There aren't really that many kind of free agents. Yeah, unfortunately. Um. The name that keeps cropping up, I have no interest in this. Uh, sorry, following on from our earlier conversation, I, I don't think he's leaving, but there's like always this speculation that Edge is leaving. And uh, apparently before his most recent return to WWE, apparently he was talking to Tony Khan about, about moving mm-hmm. and then WWE made a bit of I have, I would sell my Wembley ticket uh, if they announced it. I have like <laughs> less than no, especially if it's like to do Edge and Christian. Like I wouldn't give two shites about that like i've i i can understand the temptation because he's like a big fucking name or whatever but mm. man i just i just don't see that at all and I, and I on this scale i don't see it making that much of a difference ticket moving wise to be honest um no no, no even yeah even people in wwe i'm like true eh, 
if mm. Bailey left, uh, you know, get him. Yeah, good. Like, oh, not yeah. bad. But in terms of like big, like let's get us to let's get us to sixty k, you know, tickets. I I don't none none of those people. I don't think. Um. Yeah. So uh, that is uh, that is Wembley. Unless unless we suddenly find out why why brother Dwayne wasn't available to do WrestleMania. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's 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 given Punk his win back. <laughs> oh god, that would be hilarious. That would be a turn up for the books. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't get my hopes. Yeah, I wonder. Maybe 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 Tony's financing this fucking totally unnecessary Moana remake. Oh god, yeah. That that's the exchange. That's the deal. Um. Yeah. So that is uh, that is all in. Which I suppose I don't even think we mentioned. They're bringing back the all in branding. Uh, which obviously they they got when they bought Ring of Honor. Um, so yeah, pre-sale May second, general sale May fifth. I, I think even though the tickets won't run out, I imagine it'll still be a nightmare trying to get tickets because I feel like people are, the website's going to get hammered and queuing and X Y Z. So we'll we'll report back on that obviously in about three weeks. Mm. Uh, sticking with AEW, more news on the AEW front. They did uh, they did secure the services of one Jay White. Uh, recently, recently of New Japan, recently departed New Japan. Uh, yeah, I was a bit surprised by this. He, I, I would have thought he was the big Raw after Mania guy this year. Mm. Guess not. Um, and yeah, he he uh, helped uh, Juice Robinson beat up Ricky Starks. This um, Dynamite. We'll see. I'm not very high on Jay White. I, I, but I also think maybe getting him out of the New Japan environment might be for the best for him. Rain in those match times, do you know what I mean? Rain in the antics, and he's you know he's a talented wrestler. So um, so we'll see. What do you guys make of Jay White? Kind of similar. I've never been a big fan. Um, yeah, I can't take his promo seriously because of the accent as well. <laughs> no, it's very just, silly. Just... I know that's stupid, but I just, <laughs> like Vince. <laughs> it's like Flight of the Concords. I just <laughs> like Jay White. Ah, love blah. Love in Australia, noise. they say car. In New Zealand, we say car. <laughs> that kind of deal. Um, I, I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge Jay White guy either. But I did like Dynamite. It, it it almost felt like they were showing WWE how to do Raw after Mania. You have your announcements, you have your returns, you have yeah. your debuts. Um, it, it felt like they were making concerted effort to show them up, and and. and almost have a dynamite after mania um it was exciting look he's a new face and he's a, he's he's he does have a star quality to him i'm not crazy about him but even when he came out standing next to juice robinson it's like who the fuck is this guy get this other guy out of the ring the stars here mm. the good version of juice robinson has arrived <laughs> yeah. um, actually you know what that's a fair yeah i mean like i'm not the biggest jay guy but if it's if 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 Juice Robinson falls into the background as his like pin eater or his manager, great. That's an upgrade, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I've seen I've seen very good Jay White matches. To be fair, and it, it, it's it's a whole roster of new people for him to face. So maybe part of my issue with him is I had seen him face Okada nine times, if I like, and and mm-hmm. there's only so many times you can do that. And and I, to be honest, when he ran out, I didn't see uh, Gato at ringside, which yeah. I think was part of my problem. With the JY formula, so I uh, will see. Go in with an open mind. We'll give him a give him a fair shake. Well, yeah, you know? give it a chance. Yeah, I think change of scenery good. You know, um, 
yeah, I suppose we could segue from there into Dynamite this week, which I thought was a pretty good show. That op- that opened the show. They put a beat down on Ricky Starks. No actual match um, uh, for that one. Um, let me open up the old Dynamite report here, actually. Oh, that's not how you spell Dynamite. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, I can't remember. Last week, by the way, did you you guys didn't watch fucking reality show? What the fuck's it called? No, no, no. I did. I've watched both episodes. Oh, okay, so yeah. we, me and Paul are up there. We'll talk about that in uh, uh, in a moment. Uh, what else was on this show? Does anyone have a rundown in front of them of the dynamite? We're going yeah. straight to TV. Um, well, we opened with fucking Jay White running down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, which was quicker, Shane McMahon getting injured or Jay White appearing at dynamite? Well, they, they, they did shoot it badly as they are wont to do. Um, yeah, you know, uh, they did. fucked it up again. Uh, but uh, it was it was all right. Other than that, um, it was. I, I I kind of appreciated the uh, what do you want to call it? The snappiness, the the, the unexpected quickness of it. Because it kind of it kind of lent into the fact that it was an ambush, a plan. Yeah. So they're not going to, you know, he's not going to sit backstage while they have a 15-minute match and then run out and they tap dance on his head. Just fucking do it straight away. Yeah. <laughs> we got him. It, it was a little bit like, uh, spoilers, a little bit like uh, The Godfather when when Sonny goes to the uh, the toll booth. Fucking Ricky Stark's showing up in his little car and they're just fucking pumping him with machine guns. Um. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it in that element. It was a shame that they... You had Taz doing the, uh, is that who I think it is? <laughs> and he, I don't know. I don't know. Who is it? Because <laughs> I didn't recognize his music, I would say, as a a layman. Oh, you, you, were, you weren't the only one. I, I, I recognized it, but like the crowd kind of popped when it said Bullet Club, but I don't I don't think people knew it was Jay White until he walked out, you know? Yeah. Um. So anyway, next to that, we had the trio's title match, uh, House of Black versus Best Friends. That's very good. All right, yeah. Solid little TV match. Uh, not too much to say about that one. Uh, n- next, we got uh, Christian and Luchasaurus recreating the Kramer kind of red room meme that, that does the rounds every couple of weeks. Uh, Luchasaurus is back. I guess they settled that lawsuit he was involved in. Yeah. Uh, copyright over the mask or something, wasn't it? Someone thought they designed the mask. Or something like that, yeah. Something along those lines. So he's back anyway. So I guess that, I mean, I, I, we both said to each other when we were watching this, is like, please, not Jungle Boy, whatever. Like, please leave that in the past. No, they, they, have, have, to to do do they have to do something else. They have to do Jungle Boy's wrapped up. Mm. They have to pick uh, another another young baby face to, to beat up. Hook. Oh, that'd be interesting. Hook would be nice. Be if, I think we are, we are, um, I think it's time to let's let's do some new stuff with Hook. Let's test his boundaries a little bit. Get him into the mid card, not the yeah the shit card. I thought I thought skipping ahead a bit. I thought the Ethan Page match on Rampage, which was falls count anywhere. I yeah. thought that was a really it was not some go out of your way to see it match, but I thought it was a really good performance from him in a new type of thing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Which is yeah, good sure. because it, we're kind of we've done it now. We've had like over a year of he just comes out, he's cool, he taps out a jabroni. Mm. We've done it now. So you know, anyway. Uh, we had uh, back on Dynamite. We had Jamie Hader versus Riho for the women's title. Really enjoyed this. Um, you know, Riho. Riho usually brings the goods in the big TV matches, and I thought this was uh, another one. Uh, oh, for sure. Great. I thought I thought it was great. Yep, very very good. Um, Rio throws a great uh, dragon suplex. I got to say, for someone of her size. 
yes, it is very funny, but it just makes the spots look cooler when she's just like, she is so small. And Jimmy Hayter is not like the tallest person in the world either. But Riho is like a little child in there with, with mm. most of the rest of the division. <laughs> Um, yeah. and she just takes great bombs and Jamie's flinging her around the place it was good she better not bump into Jim Ross backstage though. Jim Ross be tired you gotta get some uh, some meat on the chest there kid. Oh, yeah you know we gotta yeah, just, Although, just gotta up jumping, bit, jumping ahead again Jim Ross on Rampage this week he was horrendous I, like that God. guy that guy ain't exactly putting the old working boots on I gotta get back on the A show tone I'm, I'm working hard I'm, I'm getting better he doesn't give a fuck he does not give a fuck these two Quite frankly, beautiful Jezebels. <laughs> if I if I may say that, respectfully speaking, now <laughs> let me tell you, these girls they got they got muscly legs. Uh, I got <laughs> I got it in multiple matches talking about the women's legs and how how strong their legs are, and called them beautiful Jezebels, which got a big a big laugh out. A <laughs> uh, oh, hook there with a, a twist of fate, uh, homaging Matt Hardy. Oh, a bit like a DDT to me. I was like, well, that's not what it was, Jim. It didn't even look like that, and that's also not the story of the match. But thanks anyway for just getting that in there, you fucker. There was something in that match as well where he said something, and it was like, well, they explained that on TV, Jim. They explained that already. Why that is? I forget what it was exactly. It was as they were walking up the steps in the crowd, Jim Ross made some comment about something. And I think Excalibur had to say to him, oh, well, they already explained the way that, Jim. Whatever the yeah, we, are, are we entering territory now where he's even not watching the shows? He's not he's, on? He's, he doesn't know what's happening. Yeah, we're, get, we're getting into old, uh, back back whenever there'd be like a cross-promotion thing on Raw, Lawler would have no idea who the SmackDown people were because he wouldn't be watching it because yeah. he, cause he you know, doesn't give a fuck. Um, or Jim Ross. Jim Ross in New Japan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got um uh, oh we got a Jericho Appreciation Society and the acclaimed. I've this, I have less than no interest in any of this. It's no, no, I, I I I have a, a nitpick of the week on this one. Oh, go on. Mm. Okay. This should have been sprinkled throughout the show, not a video package. No, yeah, I agree with that. No, that, that was last week. They did a what? They did um. Did they, they not do it this this week again? No, they did a. They they came out on the ramp and asked. Oh, them for oh their, never mind. Sorry, I'm thinking of last week's one. Then sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I didn't understand as well until I saw the graphic. They one of them, one of the little geeks said, um, uh, "This okay, way they're well, supposed to join or not join." We're gonna. So they was like, "Yeah, are you gonna join?" And they did a negative rap about the Jericho Appreciation Society mm, and Menard yeah, or yeah, Parker. No, I agree. Like, then. Menard or Parker, one of them was like, okay, well, we're going to have a match on Rampage. I thought they were going to face each other, but they actually had an eight-man together uh, against some jabronis, which was silly. Um, Although it, le- it led to the storyline development, at least. I mean, it was something, but it was, you know, I'm just not into it. Um, it's it's one of those things where it's like, it's like it's an <laughs> angle to build injury. Does anyone buy for one second that this is going to happen? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just so... Like maybe if they're leading to a match where they lose a stip and they have to join or something like that. But anyway, uh, we got the MJF Day um, uh, segment. This show was, of course, from Long Island, so you had your MJF, uh, you know, faithful there. Um, he did a little song and dance number on the uh, on the stage, which again was quite good. He can he can sing, you know, he can yeah. sing, he can dance, he can roll. Um. Uh, they had a video packages as well. Uh, like he got the key to the city for whatever little town in Long Island he's from. Um, and then they had. Oh, uh, I loved when your man, the the town supervisor, or whatever yeah, it was, was getting yeah. booed. MJF m- making little faces in the background. Yeah, Very that guy was all right for a for a, an actual yeah. politician and not a you know wrestling guy. It seemed like he kind of got it. Mm-hmm. and was kind of in on the joke of it. 
I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, uh, you know, if, if it's for one of his segments, you know, MJF seems like the guy who takes that very seriously. Probably smartened him up as best he could. Um, you know, to get him ready, not just to go out there and say the words, but to be able to roll with it. But um, this devolved into um, uh, Jungle Boy attacked MJF. He was dressed as one of the band members, and they had a fight and whatever and then sammy guevara came out and it kind of basically bled into the next match so the, the mgf day thing kind of just it went, it went quite a while he talked and talked i won't recap his whole promo he did a you know a, a, a rambly story time mgf promo i, I like the uh the story was the, cute the stupid the stupid bitch line was yeah right. the, the teacher stuff was all right yeah. um so uh that's it segued into sammy guevara versus commander uh, uh the luchador very good uh, it was good, not not amazing, not, not not the best commander match I'd have seen in the last uh, week, um, but good, you know, a, a solid a solid match. Um, um, uh, Sammy won, obviously, um, and then he got on the mic and he uh, cut a promo, and he was, he didn't get it like the this hand supervisor did. No, they should have got him to come back out, like you know and. Dude, it was it was not great. I mean, it's not Sammy's strong suit, but I feel I feel like he's done better than this in the past. This but he, not- but it wasn't even his delivery. It was the he did the I'm a heel, but I've clawed and worked my way up earnestly to the, to my spot brother. And it's like, well, you're a heel. Don't point that out. I guess I guess the story is that all three of these guys feel that way versus MGF. But Sammy as a heel should should not lay thick into the. The baby face, the typical baby face material of mm. I've worked hard to get to where I am. Do you know? Especially when his nearly his entirety in the company has been part of the inner circle or the Jericho Appreciation Society. And in fact, he's he's kind of pushed against that, which I feel like he shouldn't really be doing. Doesn't make sense. Certainly as a heel. Also, his delivery's not great, and he comes off as insincere and, and annoying. Yeah. It's kind of funny that he's like the centerpiece of the reality show, even more than Adam Cole, it feels like. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, Hook beat Ethan Page in a quick match. Um, uh, the uh, Har- Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy turned on Ethan Page um, uh, uh, during this. Uh, so I guess that angle is done, or, or we're, 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 we're getting to the stage. We're getting to uh, we're building to a Matt Hardy match, I guess. I feel like they this there's been just a circle of turns like Matt Hardy and right. uh, they've just been turning on each other for like months and it's been going around. I, I, like, I don't know. Well, when they, when, when they signed the contract for the hook, Ethan Page match it was on Matt Hardy's back and he had, he had finagled the contract because Stokely is away. Mm. And then they never revealed what that was. And then Matt Hardy was at ringside again, or at least Matt Hardy was there when they announced the, 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 they did the match um, again because they did on Dynamite and then on Rampage, and he was at ringside again on Rampage. It's like, well, what 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 way are we doing the storyline? Surely it's Matt Hardy amended the contract, Ethan Page signed it, had the match, got beaten, and that means Matt Hardy and is free, or Isaiah Cassidy is free, or what? What's the revelation? There was no revelation. What's the point of doing the contract thing in the first place? Then, yeah, I don't know, messy. Uh, we got this is where we got the uh, all in announcement. Tony Khan's face during this was so funny. <laughs> like this guy, I don't know what it is. This like like he seems like a natural enough talker when he does like interviews and podcasts mm. and scrums. But whenever he has to announce something <laughs> on Dynamite, he like gets the weirdest stage fright. 
and, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. stares wide-eyed, wide-eyed, and wide-eyed rambling feels like he, the sentence is about to fall apart any moment i'm like uh, I, I'm Tony Khan. I'm here with Nigel McGuinness. Uh, uh, I've got to announce. Th- thanks for watching. Uh, uh. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, the uh, the Wembley announcement got. I, I think it's because he's he's reading a, a prompt off camera. Yeah. I, I think that's why his eyes. He's like reading it. That's, mm. that's why he looks like that. Uh, then uh, we got uh, the Blackpool Combat Club squashing some jabrones. Yeah, uh, uh, Hangman Adam Page came down on his own with no backup, which I thought was a little bit odd. Uh, this part of the story, though. Yeah, I guess. Look, he's 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 been singled out. I don't know where the Dark Order were, but whatever. Um, so the BCC beat beat him down, and uh, Brian Danielson like gouges his eye with a screwdriver, which was not a direction I saw this angle this angle going. But um, uh, yeah, it was pretty gruesome. And I, I, I thought I didn't think they were actually going to do it. I thought like someone would make the save then, but no, he got he got blinded. So um, I, well, I don't know if they said that it was his eye. I don't know if he gouged him in the head with it or what it was. Oh, okay, up the nose. Up See, the I, thought, I, thought we, I thought we were getting eye patch, uh, Hangman. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. See that. This was cool though. I like them getting very violent, very nasty. Uh, all the talk of professionals. They we are professionals. I like. I'm liking this side of uh, Brian Danielson. Yes, good direction for him. I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, main event was the uh, t- tag team titles versus career match. The guns versus FTR. The guns got a new entrance. Well, I, I assume it's a one-off. This probably costs a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, they got many men at fifty cent, which was great. I mean, it was like yeah. Great. I was going to say, how do you how do you make the guns feel like the biggest stars in the company in one night? Give them fifty cent entrance theme song. Yeah, it was pretty great. It was pretty yeah, great. Was, you know, they they they're ridiculous, like very Shawn Michaels gear as well. Uh, I mean, I like the guns. I I don't think they're amazing. I'm, I think it's probably best that we move on to them. I think I think trans- yeah. a, a transitional role as champions made made all the sense in the world. I think they're I think they're solid. Uh, match didn't do a whole lot for me. I I did not think there was as much drama in this as there could be because I just think the FDR were just too cute. They made it too obvious that they weren't going to WWE to me. Mm. Uh, you know, screaming and hinting that you almost certainly are going there tells me that you're not going there. Um, and uh, it's time for Barry's Paul's nitpick of the week um, uh, during this match. This was driving me mental. The entire final quarter of the match was built around the guns trying to get themselves disqualified, right? Mm. So they could keep the titles, that old chestnut. Uh, first of all, I, I'm over that, room, that rule anyway. I, I, I think that's a silly rule, but anyway. And FTR were like begging the referee not to do it. And the commentator said that the reason FTR are doing that is because they will lose their career if that happens. And I'm like, mm, no. That's wrong they would win the match. So they wouldn't be the champions, but they would not lose their career. Because yeah, they would it's because the they want to win the belts. That's yeah, why. they want to win the belts. But also, I, but even, even not even just the commentary, I think, I think it was just a, 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 a silly story to do because it, it removes the drama from those DQ near falls. It's like, okay, so what? it's almost like you're teasing me with a, with a dreadful finish. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. I, I, I just thought that was, and it really, really irritated me. I was like, that's... 
did you not realize that when the heels get DQ'd, the good guys win? Like, do you not know what a DQ mm. is? That was that was terrible. I, I that really threw me off as well because they because they did like three or four spots where they teased it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, other than that, I, I didn't think the match was that great. What did you guys make of it? Uh, kind of, it, well, yeah, it didn't have that real dramatic stakes to it, and I, I don't, I don't know that it's because no one believed they would lose. It just didn't feel like they really built to it too much. Maybe they, right? And, and the match itself just didn't have that real feel to it. Um, as often dynamite main events don't. It often feels like the main event is a bit of a, well, let's get the show finished An <laughs> rather honestly. than it being the big. This is the main event. It's like, uh, <laughs> well, here's the main event. We're kind of done. You can tune out now. Um, but yeah, it was it was fine. Um, I think FTR having the belts is a is a positive step for sure. The finish was a little clunky though as well, because mm. Ass Boy number one wasn't exactly facing the right way. He had to run around, grab your man's arms, and then turn to get the sunset flip over him, and then that delayed the other sunset flip. So he was pinning them for like five, rather. I just didn't 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 play off as smoothly as you might want. And, uh, and then Mark Briscoe came out. And that was nice at the end. Oh, they yeah. barely saw him before they cut to black. They, they they often do that as well at the end. Yeah, it was okay. Uh, yeah. So that was uh, that was dynamite. I watched. Uh, I didn't watch Battle of the Bells. So I watched Rampage. Uh, not much to say about it. Um, uh, you already mentioned the full scout anyway match, which was pretty good, mm, pretty yes. entertaining. And then I quite enjoyed the main event. I like Julia Hart; she's starting yep. to develop something. She's, right, she's a spooky bitch. Um, and she beat Anna Jay's. I was uh, so surprised that was the main event, and it went as long as it did. Yeah, I suppose treating it like a two-hour block, they're like, it's not really the main event, so right. we can just like it's technically in the middle. But you know, they can say, hey. We put them in the main event. Um, yeah, Julia is she is kind of the X factor in that House of mm-hmm. Black team. I think I think she does add a lot to the to the act. Um, oh, another thing from from Rampage, I, I liked. I, I think it's a massive upgrade to give Swerve the embassy for sure. Uh, look, they can wrestle. They tried. They tried with those weirdos, but <laughs> they're not. They're not there. They're not there. Um, you know, so I think that's I think that's good stuff, and we're doing Darby and Swerve next week, which will be good fun. Um, did you guys watch Battle of the Belts? <laughs> New. No. Oh, Paul, of course, I watch. I watch everything, and I watch AWL Access. Oh, well, well, of course, yeah, but that's a great show. But uh, how was Battle of the Belts? Um, six. Let me let me let me remember. What happened on it? Orange Cassidy and Drillistico. Yeah, let me remember that match. Okay, off to a good start with this show. Ooh, then what happened? Jade Cargill and Billy Starks. Let me remember that match quickly. Mm. Mm. Given the old hard sell to this show. And then we had Lucha Bros against Powerhouse Hobbs and QT Marshall. I do remember the finish of that match. Go on. Which was QT Marshall went for his new finish, the Dirty Driver, which is a great move. Reversed into Hurricane Rana for the pin. Um, this yeah, the show was completely worthless and nothing happened. <laughs> it's basically the long short of it. They teased like a a, a um, Mark Briscoe Jay Lethal pairing, only for it you know it to be revealed that actually what Jay Lethal was offering was not a pairing with him, but a pairing with his group, 
including Jeff Jarrett saw them singing Sanjay Dutt, which Mark Briscoe was uh, none too pleased about. But yeah, it was it was just a yeah these Battle of the Belts. What was once promised as a quarterly special, worthy of going out of your way to watch, is I would say nearly sub rampage at this point. Oh, absolutely, oh, it is God, absolutely yeah. yeah. Um, it's just again we've never had a world title defense on a Battle of the Belts. Six in. Throw one in for God's sake! You couldn't even like you had a big title versus career match. You couldn't do that on fucking Friday instead. Of, like make an effort to try and get the shows up. I suppose, like I think we've said this before. The the deal. This must just be gravy. Do you know what I mean? This must just yeah. be. We just like you, and you're our partner, and and we'll just give you this show. And there's no, there must be zero expectation for it rating wise. I mean, that's that's the only reason I can think. Because I kind of feel like they've said multiple times they want to get Rampage back on track. I don't think they've even thought about this um, uh, this show. Um, yeah, the the reality show this week was was all right. Um, big Sammy episode. Um, uh, we've got our first appearance of Thunder Rosa. Uh, you know, yes, which is funny because a lot of the threads on this show are resolved. We you know we know Adam Cole comes back. We know mm-hmm. the elite come back and they have their great match and it's like they never left. And we know, um, uh, you know, we kind of know where Sammy goes and so on and so forth. The Thunder Rosa thing is like still up in the air. We don't know when she's coming back. You know, she's doing commentary for them now on Spanish language commentary, but we don't know what her status is with the rest of the roster. So I guess that will be an interesting thing to watch um, uh, develop over the next few weeks. Um, yeah, not too much else to say. Sammy Guevara cried after his uh, Brian Danielson match. Yeah, I mean, the, that was one element of where he kind of came off well, because you could see how, you, you almost could see the real person behind the persona, and sometimes yeah. even within a show like this, that it, it line is blurred. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought Thunder Rosa came off okay as well on it. Yeah. It was nice to see her side, because so much of the first episode was them going, that fucking That fucking Thunder Rosa, oh my god, yeah. Uh, it's also... I, maybe I'm just not remembering it. They had a scene where, where Ty Mello pitched working with Mercedes Martinez. That didn't happen, did it? No, and they showed her that at the pay-per-view kind of standing around going, oh, it's not fair, I'm not on the show. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting that they would show that. Um, yeah. Because it's like, where is Mercedes Martinez? Oh, she lost it to Athena, obviously, eventually. Athena's but, the champ, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like... Mm, it's interesting. It's interesting that they that they show that, and we know what goes nowhere. I guess that will that will then obviously pay off in the next, next episode. Is full gear, so um, uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, it's all right. That show is all right. You know, for what for what it is, for what it is. <laughs> I think that's the phrase I've heard most attributed to this show is for yeah, what it is. You can't you can't uh, expect anything else really. I think mostly everyone who's been on has come off well. I did like the awkward interplay between Sammy and Eddie Kingston, though. Eddie Kingston just seems like the most awkward person to actually sit down and talk to for five minutes. Well, de- definitely like when it's being recorded for a, uh, yeah, a, I think he, he probably wanted no part of that. He, probably no, he was like, he was like fidgeting with his phone. He wouldn't make eye contact. Yeah. yeah. Very, very, very awkward in that situation. But uh, yeah, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's a lovely fella. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the uh, that's the wrestling for. My God, this. what a long segment that was! Yeah, that's probably that is the most wrestling talk probably on this show in years, possibly. I mean, I mean, it's 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 
I think the biggest week in wrestling since we've started yeah, doing, doing this. this. Yeah, probably doing this thing. So. It was it was my favorite WrestleMania week ever, despite the fact that I didn't watch a single minute of WrestleMania. <laughs> it, was, it was the best one ever. But Joe, you missed my favorite, my maybe my new favorite WrestleMania moment when Shane McMahon got injured. <laughs> Uh, for me, worth watching live for the stories of Vince backstage at Raw. That was the main event of WrestleMania. For me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I, I know we were kind of standoffish about it because we we don't want to downplay the very real uh, allegations mm. and, and 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 the real situations that Vince McMahon was in. And and he, also, do you know what made my skin crawl in the week? His mm. Um, statement he made on CNBC when he was asked about that. And he said, well, I uh, I owned up to them and moved on. Oh, good for him that he moved good on. Good for you, yeah. Good for you that you moved on. That means all is forgiven, presumably, because you moved on. What an absolute creep. I will say, though, that mustache. What an absolute weirdo. Yeah. You know what he looks like? He looks like what he thinks <laughs> billionaire sports club owners look like do you know when you see in a movie it's like that's the owner of the yankees they always look like that yeah big swollen faced with a horrible little pencil drawn on mustache what an oddball and the hair and oh god looking at him makes my toes curl like the wicked witch of the west brother Ugh, he's just a horrible horrible human God, if he dies tomorrow, I, <laughs> I, I, I would, I would pop bigger than Chang Man getting injured. Oh dear! Oh, what a cynical man you are. That's terrible. I, know <laughs> I don't disagree. Um, <laughs> um, non wrestling stuff here. Um, the uh, let's start with the movies. The movie guff. Uh, I wanted to, to to come on here and say that I went and saw the Mario movie. Yahoo! But I didn't. We changed plans, and we're going to go tomorrow. I think. Uh, so instead, I made I made Bruno watch Collateral for the first time because she'd never seen it. Um, nice. yeah, I did my I did what? my service. Ooh, baby! What and that movie? was my that was my first. I actually, just got it delivered this week. That was my first uh, physical 4K movie. So my first 4K disc. Chef's Ooh, kiss. What a great film to watch in that medium. Still great. Love that film. Um, uh, having recently rewatched Heat, I, I do still prefer Collateral. Uh, which is, which is a, a lofty claim, but I, I, I will stand by it. I, th- um, I think he just gets for me, but I mean, as far as Michael Mann goes, you're looking at a, you know A, A and B there, or A, a and B one, sure. A and one, I should say. Um, yeah, great stuff. Two tremendous films. Great, great version of it as well. Looks really, really um, uh, great. Yeah, it's funny. I watched a four K movie on Netflix recently, and it didn't look nice at all. Uh, the 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 streaming, uh, the streaming space is still weird. I mean, if you care enough about that stuff to have a 4K TV and pay for the tier of the service for that stuff, doesn't yeah. doesn't look great at all. I mean, that is that is one area. If you're going to be, if you're going to be a image quality pervert, which I feel like I am becoming, um, that is that is another plus one in the in the physical space. I will say. I mean, there's, there there are still a lot of variables at play when it comes to the quality or fidelity of a, of a movie image, even, even with Blu-rays, I feel like. Oh, totally. You, yeah. you have a, a variety of transfer qualities and so on. And obviously artifacts from, from streaming and, and your internet, but like I, I, and even movies of that era specifically, I feel like from 2000 to 2006 ish 
where where the there was a move from from filming with film to the early digital you know movies like 28 days later which was filmed with like consumer level digital cameras that movie's not going to look much better from its dvd mm-hmm. and above or or inland empire which david lynch specifically made with consumer grade cameras like those movies are only ever going to look so good unless there's like a, a, a complete AI remaster or something done of it, you know? Um, but I ha- yeah, I'm happy to hear that that is, uh, that looks good in 4k. Cause that movie is as good as it is. Maybe even still under underrated. I think so. I think so. I think it's very, I think it's very under discussed. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's glad. That's all, that's all we've really watched this week. Um, I did in, in that, in that same hall, I did get uh, John Wick One 4K, uh, which is another good looking film. I, I think the, the pre- other pre- previous version of John Wick that I own, I believe I purchased it on YouTube, and for whatever reason, I bought it in 480p, and they, they don't let you upgrade. So, uh. and, and you can't like, okay, I can't upgrade. Can I? Can I just rebuy it in HD? No, you can't do that either. If you've bought a particular definition of a film on YouTube, that is the version you will have forever. You cannot change it. So I was like, all right, let's <laughs> let's jump on the old Amazon. And I also got a Blu-ray of Malignant as well, which I haven't watched since it came out. So I'm I'm actually curious to see how that holds up on a rewatch. Mm. You know. Over overrated, I'll say for Malignant. Oh, you sick bastard. No. Yeah, it's it, it's a fun gimmick, but like it is a fun gimmick. That, that come on. <laughs> I think there's zero chance it has it captures the magic on a rewatch. I will say that. But I'll I'll, I'll report back. I'll report back. Yeah. Um yeah, that's all I watched this week. I watched a couple of movies, just a quick one. The uh, 1996 Farrelly Brothers movie Kingpin, starring Woody Harrelson as a Mm. uh, bowler, champion bowler. Um, Never seen it before. Um, It's it's a Farrelly Brothers movie. It's very funny. It's very silly. It's very gross out. And I'm... I'm not always a big fan of like another gross out humor. You know, it's not necessarily my kind of thing, but it is pretty funny and they do it in a funny way. And it's, it's exactly kind of what you expect. So it's to me, solid sort of seven out of 10. Like I I did laugh quite a few times and Woody Harrelson is always a good watch. Um, Then rewatched a movie that I'd seen, not seen for many, many years called In and Out, which if you're not familiar is a movie that starred uh, Kevin Klein as a teacher in a small town who is inadvertently outed as gay by his former student who wins an Oscar and on stage during his acceptance speech outs this teacher as gay. Um, with the um, the contradiction and this 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 um, teacher is about to get married to a woman the same week mm. and everyone's like okay you didn't tell us that um it's a very interesting little kind of 90s relic because it's it's incredibly homophobic there was a lot of homophobia within the movie but it very accurate representation of the 90s in that sense mm. like for like everything being that's gay this is gay you're gay oh gay 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 you know everything right. teenagers you know yeah everything's everything's gay um but it's kind of quite uncomfortable to watch now i think sort of 25 years later to yeah to, to have that kind of attitude it's almost like if you went back to i don't know a, a 
a person, a non-white person moves into the town and they're all, caught, you know, making racial comments, it'd be like, oh God, this, even though the, the movie itself isn't homophobic or racist necessarily, it's just very uncomfortable to watch. But, you know, it's kind of a sort of feel-good sort of ending. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. And Tom Selleck's in it, um, but he doesn't have the moustache. So not, not peak Selleck, but, you know, he, he's quite good. Um yeah, it was an interesting watch, but I wouldn't sort of rush out to to recommend it to anyone. But if you've never seen it, it might be a, of interest. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what we've been watching this week. Also, hoping to see Air soon. The the Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Jason Bateman mm. sneaker movie um, that looks like a fake trailer, but is actually a real movie. And I <laughs> I'm very excited to see it in cinemas and see Ben Affleck in a '90s tracksuit. So we might see that next week. Right. I, yeah, I, I, Air is. I've seen. Been getting good reviews. I yeah. don't know if I'm if I'm just a little bit burned out on that style of movie. Uh, the old mm. how how the company oh, came to was, be. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 type yeah. deal. You know, or even even stuff that's adjacent to that. Like that was very good. Like um, Ford versus Ferrari a few years ago. That kind of movie. Like I think mm. because I watch because I watch all the Oscar movies. I I see a lot of those movies. <laughs> so I feel like yeah, well, I'm really yeah. working right there. That does look very good, though, and I I love um, Goodwill Hunting. So the pairing mm. of Damon and, and Affleck uh, does have my interest. So I might check that one out as well if I get a chance. Um, I revisited a film called The Sixth Sense by yes. auteur director M Night Shyamalan. Yes. Uh, the backstory to this is that I this was on TV when I was quite young, probably thirteen, fourteen, on a school night. No, and so I was watching a bit of it, and then before the climax, I was told I had to go to sleep. Oh, wasn't no. able to finish watching the movie, and then obviously in in the interim years, I found out the uh, the twist of the movie, and never revisited it Aww. until this week. So I do have a DVD a copy. I do have a DVD copy of the Sixth Sense, um, and I stuck it in and and gave it a, gave it a goo. And uh, and I thought it was I thought it was absolutely excellent. I mm. think it's I think it's his best movie. Uh, and I'm a huge fan of your your signs, the village, and more recently, Knock at the Cabin. But I think I think or Unbreakable as well. I feel like uh, Sixth Sense is kind of a level above the mall. I think even knowing the twist, I feel like that twist is given more importance than it actually holds in the movie Mm. within the story of the movie that feels like a clever aha at the moment where it's like oh if you watch back you'll notice but actually in the context of the story that it's telling it's kind of neither here nor there bruce willis's character's actual status you know the the Mm. story is more about the child coming to terms with his situation and how it affects the people around him, uh, including a young Tony Collette, who I didn't realize was in the movie, who mm, plays no, his, his like... mother. Um, performances are great. There's one bit towards the end where, my God, there might have been a bit of dust in the eye <laughs> at one point. Um, Little Haley Joel Osment, my God, what a what a powerful performance! Like out of this, one of the, one of the best like child performances I think I've probably ever seen. Yeah, 
he told totally, totally nails the role as as this like vulnerable uh child going through some real, real hard stuff. And and you know, you can read into then you know, your own kind of analogies or or you know, what what's being alluded to with the story being mm, told. But I, yeah. I thought it was really, really powerful. And <laughs> <laughs> and actually watching it in full for the first time i i, I found the the twist ending very i don't even want to say anticlimactic but it's like the film ends and the story is concluded and then there's almost like a, a final scene where they go oh and by the way and it's like in, in my head that was like the ending of the film was that reveal when actually the film has a very well done payoff which mm. is again to do with the child and then you have the Bruce Willis kind of gets thing gets paid off, but that that feels very secondary. Yeah, um, and I yeah I went the full five. Wow, on Letterboxd, I was super 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 impressed. Of course, Shyamalan has a little cameo as he's as he's want to do want to yeah. do, but um, I mean high 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 recommendations. I thought it was absolutely excellent. Short as well, but not again in a way that the film felt exactly the right length. doesn't overstay its welcome. doesn't, you don't feel short change. It t- tells the story very, very efficiently. Gets in and out. Some of the scenes are so well done. It's spooky as well. Spooky at times. Uh, also stars a young Misha Barton as well, which I didn't realize. Oh. A, lot of, a lot of people showed up in this, in this uh, Sixth Sense movie. But uh, yeah, really, really good. Well worth a, a rewatch if you maybe haven't watched it in a very long time. Worth adding to the Halloween playlist maybe as we come into uh, October in the next few months. Mm. Uh, really, really impressed. Really impressed. By far his best movie. And uh, I mean, well worth of the nominations. The guy, I think it got multiple Oscar nominations when it was released. I know Joel Osment was nominated for best supporting or one of the actor nomina- nominations anyway. Mm. It got like a screenplay nomination, best picture nomination. It's like, it's really, really good. So yeah, so I'm thinking what I'm going to do now is maybe watch some of the other Shyamalan ones that I've, I've missed through the years, especially some of the worst ones. Cause I have kind of a morbid curiosity about those, but uh, I've seen a lot of the really good ones and he does have, he's, you know, he's kind of like a punchline. I feel like sometimes Shyamalan, but he's got some really good films in that catalog as well as, you know, the stinkers, um, the ones I've mentioned already. So that's the only thing I've watched this week in terms of movies, in terms of TV. Joe, did you watch the show that's on everybody's lips? The biggest thing in TV, the latest episode of the Mandalorian. <gasps> no, you didn't watch it. No, I haven't watched okay. it yet. I will not spoil it for you. So, although you might've seen online some, something about it there are some oh yeah yeah you so you, you're i'm guessing you know because there there are some high profile cameos in it that's as far as i'll go okay so if anyone listening hasn't seen it, I, I, I will not spoil it anyway there are some high profile cameos that i was totally unaware of that had not been publicized as far as i know even to the point where i was on twitter all that morning and i didn't see anything about it I was really surprised because it's mm. it's a na- names multiple names to the level that you would expect it would have been on the front page of all your IGN.coms yeah, and the yeah. like you know as far as the episode goes Joe <laughs> I was complaining about last week's as being a, an exercise in wheel spinning and really nothing happening yeah this week's made last week's look like the Godfather. <laughs> 
a complete waste of time. Oh, no. Um, and it seems like the Mandalorian fan base is really starting to turn on the show. Mm-hmm. The wheels are starting to come off the wagon. Yeah, you can only have so many g- Grogu in the background gurgling away, and you're like, well, okay, well, something's got to actually happen here at some point. Because it seems like lately what it is is they go to a funny planet, there's a little problem of the week, mm-hmm. and they have a little adventure, which is what it ha- always has been. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it always felt more important in that way, or it always felt like there was there would anyway be something to do with the, the, the greater overall story. I think mm-hmm. the problem this season is that there's not much of a story anyway. Mm-hmm. I felt like what, what it was going to be was the story would be the the redemption of the Mandalorian. He has to find his way back to Mandalore, find the living waters, go yeah. through that adventure, and, and the season would culminate with him being reintegrated into the society or whatever. That happens in the first two episodes. And so you're left with, okay, where do we go from here? And there was some wishy-washy stuff with Moff Gideon might still be around. And what do we do with the dark saber and blah, blah. But it's all very floaty. And, and mm. it, you know, the, the, to, to use a, a last of us analogy here, it's nice when you can see in the distance, the destination. And the question is, how do we get there? And again, like wrestling, like we were talking about earlier with Cody Rhodes, the unpredictability is in how, how the journey gets to the destination. This just seems like, okay, we don't even know what the destination is. We're just kind of wandering our way along and there'll be some funny jipes. And, da, da, da. and it's like, mm-hmm. well, I need more than that. Yeah. You know, for, for a show that's for 40 minutes long, like these episodes should be 20, no more. Cause they're, they're completely filler case of the week, you know, and filler is okay, but filler is okay when your seasons are like, 12 plus episodes long. Mandalorian's eight episodes. Get in and tell your story and get out. Two episodes spent on nothing. Well, why even have them? Just have a just have a six episode season in that case. Very, very, very bad. Which is a shame because Mandalorian, you think back to season one where it was really a a, a, a new feeling Star Wars, a Western, yeah. you know, Mandalorian and the child, you didn't have the name yet. Like that felt fresh and new. And there's like, now there's nothing to it. It feels like a show that maybe should have ran for two seasons and finished up, which it kind of did, if you remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of ended after two seasons. Then they're like, well, actually. And then Grogu woke up in the shower and it was like, <laughs> yeah. it went straight back to where they were. Grogu had the Johnny Gargano face. Why am I so violent? Actually, <laughs> change of heart. Um, and now they've announced. Do you hear all these Star Wars announcements, by the way? From oh, Celebration? my God. My eyes are Fucking hell. So they're going to do a movie, which is going to pay off 17 of the TV shows at once. So, so what that means is you watch Mandalorian. Okay, you have to watch these other 19 shows as well. So you understand the ending of Mandalorian. That's like the, that's like the MCU. I reached a point with the MCU where it was, to understand, you need to watch every single movie and every single series I'm out. I'm out. I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I can't commit that time to it. I don't care enough to com- to watch all of these series. Mm-hmm. Star Wars has gone the same way. Like Mandalorian, just have Mandalorian. Okay, it can be related to other things, but you have to have that if you want to watch. Just watch Mandalorian. You can just watch Mandalorian. They already f- fucked with that when they put out Book of Boba Fett and integrated that basically into the Mandalorian story. Now you have to watch Book of Boba Fett as well. Now you have to watch Ahsoka as well. Now you have to watch. Uh, this other show as well. Sorry, I, I don't care enough to watch all these shows. 
I need to be watching Succession and like good shows and The well, Wire. The if they, and were, the if they were really great, you'd maybe you could you know you could justify it, but yeah. Also, Daisy Ridley is back as Ray Skywalker. Wave your wave your lightsabers in the air. Yeah, yeah. we love Star Wars. Um, Thing is back. Thing I remember. Right. Is it? Is it episode ten? Don't use those is, words anymore. This is the thing. I like Daisy Ridley. I think she's mm. a good actor. I think she. I think Ray was a perfectly fine character. But it's just like, and we've talked about it. I'm just so done with mainline. I just cannot do anymore. The Rebels and Luke Skywalker, everything being so derivative and trickled down from that. So they're not. They're not calling it Episode Ten. It's like okay, but you're bringing the fucking new protagonist back. If you fucking made a new movie star- starring Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, people would call that a new entry in. They would call that episode 10. Do you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. I'm just so done with that stuff. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, and I feel like a lot of people are. I mean, when you, th- you think it's kind of amazing how Obi-Wan just came and went. Do you know what I mean? People really didn't give a shit about that. Do you know what I mean? That had about one mm-hmm. week of conversation. I actually had had a whim this week to, to watch Obi-Wan because of how I just thought to myself, Mandalorian has got so bad. Maybe in comparison, Obi-Wan will seem good. Yeah, I don't know about that. And, and I didn't watch. Yeah, <laughs> you watched. You watched Andor, right? Andor is good. Andor is yeah, good. Andor. It's and not. That's, that's what's great. Disturbing. It's like the, they it's good. announce all this shit. And it's like, oh, you're kind of winning me back, and now it's just everything you've announced just goes just washes over me, and it's just like, oh my god. And what was it? There was another announcement there as well. James James Mangold is yeah. making a thing set twenty five thousand years. Yeah. Before the current timeline, I'm like, oh, oh, hello, all right. Oh, oh, my eyebrows going up. Interesting, interesting director, interesting time frame. And then they're like, it's a biblical epic about the first Jedi. I'm like, oh, I don't give a fuck about the first fucking Jedi. For the love of God, please do something else. Do anything else. Oh God, I don't know. I can't remember if that's a series or a film. I think it's a film. It's a film, yeah. But um, I, fo- you know, I used to follow um, Brian Altano on oh, Twitter, yeah. also by Jen, who who used to be a fucking blah, 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 oh, fuck you, da, 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 New York Taz type, and now he's a guy who who you know you know how IGN is now. IGN and and GameSpot and Giant Bomb and all these websites used to have such a cool slacker vibe to them, yeah. And now they're all earnest people, earnestly going. And I'm reading verbatim his tweet. I can't even begin to picture what this will look like. And that's very exciting. <laughs> about, this, about this fucking Star Wars film 19 about yeah. the Jedi. But, oh, lad, like come the, on. You're not a real human anymore. Yeah. Like, star, whatever. That, what's it called? Star Wars Day, Star Wars Celebration. Or the Back <sighs> day rolls around and they just turn the crank and just more Star Wars sludge comes out. And, and yeah. I was like, oh, Glup Shitto is finally getting a Disney series. You know what I mean? And that, but that's the problem, I, I feel like, generally with um, media analysis or whatever the fuck you want to call it. But it's like, there's not enough cynicism anymore in podcasts. And everything is, I'm so, I'm so fucking hyped for the next Bing. ant-man movie it's yeah. like what how like, people aren't these people aren't real humans anymore they're like everything is collider now like, people <laughs> yeah. use a big fucking collider yeah it's very very annoying but um, and, and it is it is just it's in that shitty territory where it's like that you can't that there's probably no money to be had in cynicism unfortunately 
Um, I'm sure. I'm sure that's what to, it is. If you work for one of those sites, you have to write. Here's what you don't know. Ahsoka, here's here's everything you need to know. Here's your watch list. Here's your, yeah. you know, I saw a thing earlier today, and I avoided it because I haven't seen the film. I saw a thing earlier today that said Super Mario movie ending explained. Are you for real? That is a that is a that is a sequence of flashing lights for children. I like, but you just that you just have to play that game. Unfortunately, you have to be excited for Star War, and you have to explain ending of Mario. You have to do but the, those the thing is with with those articles, Barry. They don't go. The ending of Super Mario is actually a nod to Yojimbo, a nineteen fifties Japanese mm. epic in which. No, what they do is they they very matter of factly explain what happened. Yeah, and that's it. And those articles do. Nine million views. <laughs> That's where we are. It's like I saw as well a a, a, a YouTube skit by is it someone I forget his second name, but he where he's doing he's playing a like a, a, a YouTube headline writer or a, a online head writer. It's like it was about um, Pedro Pascal joining the Mandalorian. I was like Game of Thrones actor joins Star Wars show, and the guy is saying no. Make it more uh, clickworthy. He's like, uh, actor, actor joins show. You won't believe actor joins show. Yeah. Like that. That's where we're going with with. I don't know. We're on a tangent here, complaining about how media exists nowadays. But that's that's what gets clicked. You know, you you won't believe ending of Mario. Yeah. Whereas I haven't seen it either, so I'm not spoiling anything here. But I'm guessing the ending is is Mario fights Bowser and wins. Probably, no, <laughs> Probably that's the ending of Bowser Mario. Bowser breaks his back like Bane to do into Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Nightfall. Um, and then, speaking of lesser shows, you know, of lesser importance, uh, Succession. Oh, yeah. Joe, what did you think? Um, I didn't enjoy it as much this week. Oh, good. I thought I thought, I thought it was 10 times better than the first episode. Not really. I, it was a lot of sitting yeah. around in rooms. Ah, that's, that's what that's what that show is. Mm, I like I like more bit more kind of something going down. But yeah, it was it was good. It was it moved it along a little bit. Moved it along, but um, not my favorite. Um, admittedly, admittedly, when we watched it on Monday morning, I was just reading or just looking at Cody Rhodes chicken memes, uh, not really paying attention. So we didn't <laughs> no, have, you can't be doing that during succession. You'd yeah. have to rewatch yeah. it on on Monday that's night. It's good, but it just wasn't. It didn't grab me this week. I think it's it's setting up well for next week. Right, I felt that way about the first episode. Mm. I, I something about the tone of it didn't hit for me. Whereas this felt, I I I thought more in line with what we've we've had up to this point. Mm. Um, yeah, and I liked the little little subterfuge at play, and I liked mm. I liked the ending with again no spoilers, but allegiances called into question. And they, they kind of built it, I thought, quite well throughout the episode. The little text messages. Hey, it's just a text message. Happy birthday. It's nothing. Mm. Mm. I thought it was very good. Very, very good. Um, but, I mean, I, to be fair, when you're a show that's nearly every week a 10 out of 10 home run, yeah. they, you know, they can't all be that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're going to have a week where you have to set up the stall before you knock it down. Um. And the last thing is, I've been watching American Dad. Oh yeah, on Disney Plus, because you know I used to watch every week Simpsons, Family Guy, Cleveland Show, American Dad. Pray for my soul. 
And you know, I, I I did eventually come to the realize the realization that you know these shows are terrible, <laughs> and why am I watching them? But I do like the comfort of having a cartoon, a twenty minute cartoon that mm. I can stick on. It's not following on from the previous episode. It's just mindless. Climbing to bed. I'm not quite tired. Sleep. Well, I'll stick on American Dad. Um, and I feel like of those four shows, obviously Cleveland Show is not around anymore, but Simpsons and Family Guy. I, I can't watch. Simpsons is like a different show now, completely mm-hmm. to what it was. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's tone is so weird. It's like, it's completely different. I can't watch Simpsons. I can't watch Family Guy. American Dad still is quite good, I feel like. Um, especially given there are 20 seasons in now, which is great. Like, who's watching American Dad except for me in the world? <laughs> it's not a show you ever hear about, mm. uh, like you do with Family Guy or Simpsons. But uh, I'm watching that. It's, it's still very enjoyable, very fun. Although, I don't like Seth MacFarlane's uh, voice which is obviously all over the show but at least he you can tell watching it though that his creative fingerprints aren't all over it which is which is refreshing one thing that's weird with it though is it's it's something i've never seen before is that the seasons depending on where you look are different everywhere so what Mm. happened was i think season one and two one of them was like seven episodes long and the other 16 and some places, they just whack it into one season. So it's 23. So if you look on Wikipedia, it's one way. If you look on Hulu, it's a different way. If you look on Disney, it's a different way. Et cetera, et cetera. So I was dipping my toe back in. I don't remember what the last episode I, I watched was. So I was looking through the, the list of episodes, trying to see if I could recognize a name that seemed familiar. And I found that. I said, okay, well, I must have got to the end of the season. So I'll start with season 18. I turn it on. I'm watching a few episodes. And then I realized that I've skipped a full season. Um, and gone right to actually what is actually season 19. Um, now, again, in terms of the show, it's, it, it's not serialized, so it doesn't matter. But I thought it was funny that, you know, goddamn, just, I just want to watch an episode of this show. Why is it jump through hurdles to find the right season to put on? But at least it means I have a whole extra season of it that I didn't realize I had. So that's quite nice. Uh, but that's it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I know I keep saying I keep putting it off, but I need to start watching one of these Maybe maybe when the season of Succession ends, that might be a nice slot to, put, to start finally watching The Sopranos, mm-hmm. Mad Men, The Wire. One of these shows that people tell me are the best of all time. And okay. when, whenever I talk uh, enthusiastically about Succession, people will say, you think that's the best show ever? What about fucking The Sopranos? You like, think that's bad? <laughs> you think that's good? <laughs> Uh, what about that time when Don Draper did a thing in <laughs> Mad Men? <laughs> and my point is that I've never watched Mad Men. I've never watched Sopranos. I've never watched The Wire. So I have, you know, I have to do it. But it's just about finding time to commit to doing it, especially stuff like Sopranos and Mad Men, which are so many seasons long. But maybe when Succession uh, ends, that, that'll open up a slot for me to start watching one of these shows. And Mandalorian will end, obviously, sooner. So that that maybe that's the window I need to look at. Yeah. Alrighty. That is television this week. Any video games, Paul? I haven't really been playing at the news this week myself. Well, did you hear the the very sad news about the emulation on Xbox? Yes, very disappointing. Very, very disappointing. I can't really be arsed to go into dev. You have you, well, you have your well. Steam Deck anyway. That's it, now. yeah. So that's it. I haven't even used that stuff on Xbox. I, ju- I just have a big white brick now. Oh, that's a shame. Because I already bought an Xbox Series X now that I use primarily. So what I think I might do is just sell the S. I have yeah. no need for it. Like I have no, no need for it whatsoever. So we'll see if I can get, get some money back on it. 
That um, that is a shame, though. Yeah. So for for people who are not aware, Microsoft apparently got one nudge too many, and uh, disabled the uh, the emulation retail capability. So you used to be able to go onto the store and download like the RetroArch app and emulate games through that. So that that's not possible anymore. You have to go through the dev, pay a fee. And I've tried to do that in the past. I couldn't get it to work. I don't know whether there's geographical restrictions on that as well. Yeah. So fuck it. <laughs> My Xbox emulation days are, are at an end, um, which is which is a pain in the hole. But it is what it is. I mean, luckily, I still have physical copies of nearly all the games. Yeah. I was emulating anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, you 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 you're kind of set up. You're all good. So. Well, I, I played Metroid Prime on the Xbox for example. I I own a copy of Metroid Prime, so it's yeah. not like my ability to play Metroid Prime Two is gone now. I mm. own a copy of that game anyway, so it's fine. But I know for people who are late to games or or never own these Nintendo consoles, for example, which I guess is 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 a huge part of the emulation market, is people who are PlayStation and and Xbox gamers miss the the N sixty four the GameCube era, which are now those games are so prohibitively expensive that if you want to dip your toe into that world, it costs so much money. Um, you know that was a big thing for for people to be able to to, to try those games. A lot of great games that are unfortunately like locked on that system and there's no way to play them otherwise like because nintendo to be fair their um ability for or the ability for their consumers to dip into their back catalog is very bad compared specifically to microsoft and, and playstations you know you go on xbox um store xbox game pass pretty much every first party xbox game that's ever been released you can buy and play on the xbox that's not the case with the nintendo switch you can't play gamecube games natively on it you can't buy them it's a huge, huge pain in the ears. But uh, speaking of the Nintendo Switch, I have been playing, and I know I've, my whole thing was going to play Resident Evil Four. Loving it. Yeah. All I do is play Kirby. Uh, Kirby's, you know, Kirby's, <laughs> Kirby's jump to queue. It's great. I'm, I'm really, really. I'm on World Five of Kirby and the Forgotten Land now. I don't know how far into it you got, Barry. I, I did not get very far into it. I, I did the first boss battle, the first proper boss battle. I okay, so you're on like World Two, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 onto the desert world, and it's uh, I'm loving it. It's really really great. It's very charming. It is very charming. It's very charming, and it's uh, I think it's just the, the right amount of difficulty. If you play it on, I forget what the difficulty is called now, wild mode or whatever it is. Like the bosses are just enough that you you'll you'll beat them first try, but they'll, they'll take a lot of your health off. You know, it's not it's not quite the cakewalk I thought Kirby and the Forgotten Land was going to be. Uh, I love the 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 little challenges per level, the way that's done of finding all the secret Waddle Dees. Yeah, Waddle Dees nuts. Um, <laughs> nice, no great, and. Um, and all that, and and I love you know. I'm not necessarily going out of my way to find everything, but sometimes you just like jump on top of a thing, and it's like, oh, you found the thing. Yeah, well, yeah. Get that little sense of achievement. Um, and yeah, it's great. I love being the car. I love being the traffic cone, and, and all that stuff. It's yeah, funny. it's it's lovely. So I, I'm I'm almost finished. To be fair, I think there are six worlds, uh, and I've, I'm about halfway through world five. So I'm 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 pretty much within an hour and a half, two hours of beating the game. I'd say. At which point I'll get back to Resident Evil and stream some more of that. But um, I don't know. The Kirby has kind of has kind of grabbed me, and that's where my focus is at the moment. 
And I haven't even been playing WWE. I bought WWE 2K. I did oh, start yeah, playing. Yeah, I did that, start yeah. playing the uh, the uh, story mode of it. You were, you were correct last week. Not the universe mode, which is pointless nonsense. But there is a, a story mode. Uh, there's two. One where you do the thing that I hate, which is where you start at the very bottom and work your way through the performance center and all that nonsense. I'm not going to do that. And then there's one where you you play um, like an indie wrestler who's been signed by WWE and you come straight into the main roster. Yeah. And what I, what I love about it is that the story of, of that mode is that WWE is stupid and annoying. <laughs> so, so, and also you can import your creator wrestler, like community creations into that story mode. So I'm playing it as Adam Cole. Okay. And the story is Adam Cole's finally been brought to the main roster from the Indies. And so he's given this character that he, that you hate. You're called the lock. And you come out of a like safe on the entrance oh way. It's God. like it's like classic like no mercy like, nonsense. Yeah. And and you know you're backstage with Shawn Michaels and you're saying, you know, can't I just use my own name and my own character that worked so well? Well, that didn't work well for the WWE universe. Mm. All you know, all this nonsense in your character, which presumably is you know your your avatar into this world, is like, why can't I just use my own name? What's this stupid character they're giving me? That's great. I, it, it, it's it's great it's, it's almost very like ironic but it's 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 very funny that you would think that a wwe product would not so and i wonder if it's like knowingly I, maybe i'm, I'm think. sure it's knowing i think <laughs> over the years the people who work on those games and given interviews i think they're all they're all in on it as far as i'm aware yeah. it's very funny how how to the point it is but yeah i mean it's, it, it's fun it's it, it's uh like i said it's good that you can import the character into it and 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 funnily, Adam Cole's entrance is still in the game. And he comes out and does stands on the apron and does the, the thumb and does oh, the nice. boom and has the crowd going boom. Nice. This is cool. And then he goes in the ring and does Adam Cole, baby. And the crowd uh, says, Adam Cole, baby. Oh, really? But they blank, they blank out the bit where it says Adam Cole. <laughs> oh, so what? It just says baby at the end. It just goes silence and cuts in really abruptly and goes, baby great which is which is quite funny but I, I mean i think it plays really well i think it plays better than most of the wwe games i've played since i don't know 2007 <laughs> like it, it does play well and it's, it's graphically really impressive and uh the story is the story is fun so far so i'm enjoying it but it's it's a game that i'm just kind of dipping in and out of it's not my main game by any means all righty uh, that is the uh, game golf this week. What about the old music? Do we have some tunes this week, boys? We do. We do. I um, album of the week this week was uh, the record by Boy Genius, uh, or as I like to call them to annoy Michelle, Boy Genius. Um, <laughs> this is a, a super group of three of Michelle's favorite artists. It's um, Phoebe Bridges, uh, Julianne Baker and Lucy Dacus, uh, two of which we've seen live. Um, nice. already. And we're going to see Boy Genius live the weekend before uh, Tony Carnomania at Wembley. So Ooh. looking forward to that. Um, we checked out the record, which came out last week. To be honest, up front, it's not my kind of music. It's okay. Michelle's favorite kind of genre, what she might call sad girl music. So a lot of it's kind of... Um, <laughs> you know, female artists kind of being very depressed and weepy and, and singing very slowly and about sad things. I don't really like that. I like albums where people sing about driving big cars and 
braving and stuff and doing mad shit. Um, I did enjoy the first the first album on the track is called Twenty Dollars, and that's that's a bit more up tempo and quite a nice, quite a, quite a rocky kind of tune. So I really enjoyed that. Um, the re- rest of the the album's kind of what what I'd expect, and you know it's nice. It's just not really my my kind of music, but um, I'll give it a thumbs up anyway because I'll be hearing all those tracks live in about four months. <laughs> yeah. You'll be giving it a thumbs up whether you want to or not. Yep. Uh, so that's good. Yeah. So next, I think next weekend I'm going to dip into the archive, pull out a bit of a classic. Let's see. Look forward to that. Very nice. I also have a record of the week. It's by a group called Wednesday and it's called Rats Saw God. Uh, this was Pitchfork.com's latest Best New Music Award. So, you know, when Pitchfork do their do their reviews, uh, uh, an album that will get a particularly high score will be awarded the Best New Music stamp. So you can go to their website and click directly on Best New Music, and you'll see only the music that they've rated the highest. So this is their most recent one. Uh, and what it is is a, a female-led... I would I would say it's, it's maybe a subgenre of the, uh, the sad girl mm. uh, type of music, but it's 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 kind of aggressively so. It's it kind of at points feels like a little bit uh, musically like Oasis, but maybe like a heavier Oasis. Oasis after a particularly tough night on the cocaine, um, a little bit of Radiohead, okay, um, a little bit of Smashing Pumpkins, kind of an amalgamation of those. Uh, and mostly what it is, you know, I feel like there's a movement at the moment in music, maybe a sub movement to, to kind of move away from the, the clean overproduced sound that pop has had for a long time. People are kind of getting into more raw vocals, raw instrumentation, um, sometimes more on the experimental side, stuff like idols and black MIDI and stuff like that. And then sometimes, Mm -hmm. um, more straightforward, but still with this kind of same more raw sound. Um, and I'd say Wednesday falls into that category in that there's 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 one track on it which I'm not super into. Let me just say off the board, it's like eight and a half minutes long. It's called Bull Believer, and it's you know it seems to be on the surface about like bullfighting, and there's allusions to like Mortal Combat in it and stuff like that. And then the last I want to say two minutes of the song is uh, just a female vocalist saying finish him again and again it's obviously the line from mortal Kombat. finish him finish him and the vocals get gradually gradually more and more like crazy so let's start with like finish him finish him then by the end she's like screaming and yeah you can see how that lends itself to the story of the song so the song kind of works more like in the way that a film would Mm. where you say okay it's not a song that i will I'll put on my shuffle list and bop my head to, but I can see what you've done there. You've told the story and the story you know, works well sonically, but is it a good song? It's not a song I could easily recommend to people. Um, but there are songs in there that are more conventionally kind of catchy, but um, I would say it's maybe something more that I appreciated than I liked in, in the classic right. way. I'm someone who likes a simple catchy tune, you know, why why is is like everybody backstreet's back one of the all-time best songs cuz it's got a very simple song structure it's got a catchy hook and if you got that you you've won half the battle already 
Here it's a little bit more to do with mood and tone right. and lyrical content. And in that sense, it feels almost more like a structurally like a rap album, even though the music isn't obviously is not rap. But the importance that rap has on its individual elements feels like this this does as well. But yeah, I mean, those those are kind of what it sounds like with, with maybe like cardigan vocals. Yeah, because the vocals are 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 kind of it's not powerful Beyonce vocals. It's quite low key, almost close to something like Beach House in terms of the vocals. Um, but it was nice, you know, it was okay. Um, short as well, which I always put a lot of value on <laughs> when it comes to albums. It was okay. Uh, and then today we had the first single off the new Ghost EP, uh, which is coming out next month. It's called Phantomime, which is a funny little That's pun. a good name. It's a good name, and it's it's a, another covers EP. So they've they've brought out uh, this is their third covers EP after "If You See Ghosts" and "Popstar." Uh, and you might recall that I I wasn't too hot on their album of yeah. last year, Impera. I was kind of in the middle, and I'm still very much. I I haven't come around on that album almost at all. In fact, I think I like it less now than I did last year. Some some of the songs on it have fallen off my liked songs playlist. Um, however. This first single that I brought out today, I will say they've made a good choice in terms of what songs to cover. It's the song, maybe you guys know about it. It's called Jesus He Knows Me. Uh, it's originally by Genesis, uh, Phil Collins and the Boys. And it is one, in my opinion, it's, and I knew about the song already, it's one of Genesis' catchiest songs. Um, So they've chosen a good one to cover, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know about the rest of the songs. There's um, an Iron Maiden song on there called Phantom of the Opera, which isn't the Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, yeah. song. It's an original song. And I, I don't really like that Iron Maiden song as much as I'm, I do enjoy some Iron Maiden. That song is kind of, <clears throat> it's not the most tuneful uh, as far as their songs go. Um, but we'll see. But I mean, um, Jesus, he knows me is, is a great Genesis song already. And, and ghosts have really put their spin on it. It's, it sounds great. So it sounds a lot closer to what I, I want from ghost as opposed to, being almost like an 80s hair metal band, which doesn't, in my mind, suit their like tone or, or aesthetic at all. But uh, yeah, really good single. Um, check it out on Spotify if you get a chance. Okay. Let's there we go. Alrighty, that is the uh, uh, albums for this week. That is the show for this week, or the music, I should say. That is the show for this week. Uh, so we'll be back next week talking... Uh, you know, any more Endeavor developments and plus your, your your usual regularly scheduled AEW updates and then, you know, movies, TVs, everything else. Chairshoppodcast.com if you want to pop us a mail and let us know uh, uh, what's on your mind. Give us a quiz. Give us a question. Give us a take. Whatever you want to do there. And we'll be out on the show. Um, thanks very much, everyone, for listening. Hope you have a pleasant uh, rest of your Easter. Hopefully you have a nice long weekend uh, yeah. that you're listening to this on. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week to talk again. So uh, it is a farewell from me. It's farewell from Joe. Goodbye. And it's farewell from Paul. Goodbye. And Joe, just give before we finish, with the week that's in it, with uh, the biggest week in wrestling history in the 13 years we've been doing this podcast, do we have a specific event that you might give Hong Kong of the week to? Um, I, I'm going to give Hong Kong. Honk of the week to the a rubber chicken landed in the ring when Cody Rhodes was lying there. Okay. Honk, honk. Oh, big one. Lovely. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>